All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Hey, this is Sugar Steve, and this week's QLS Classics guest is SNL royalty and stand-up comedian Michael Che, who joins Team Supreme to discuss his anecdotes and his accolades. This was originally released on September 12, 2018. Enjoy! Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Chase Kirk and Ackroyd. Yeah. Miller, McDonald, Faye. Yeah. Quinn Fallon and Polar. Yeah. Myers, Joust, and Shay. Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. My name is Tay. Yeah. And I like to say, Yeah. I love Transformers. Yeah. Oh, that was Michael Bay. Oh, <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. That was a Steve. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I'm old as hell. Yeah. I'm even older. Yeah. Than SNL. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema Roll Call. It's like Ian. Yeah. And that's Michael Che. Yeah. It's about to get deep. Yeah. Let's talk gentrification, bang. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. I guess I'm Michael Che. Yeah. And I'm the guest. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Help me out, Quest. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. See, you got the hang of it. No, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That rhymed. 
Oh, you freestyled Rob, that. I Rob recorded a track in Electric you, Lady Studio. When when you're when you're a, 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 a when you're a student of Thirty Rock University, mm. you have to think quick on your feet. Yes. Improv game, like why? Yeah, True. you know, no slouches at Thirty Rock. <laughs> anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Course Love Supreme. I'm your host, Course Love. Uh, we have Team Supreme. It's probably the is this our, our blackest episode? This is the blackest episode. Yeah. 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 yeah Steve's here, is. so yeah. Well, yeah. Steve. Well, yeah, but Steve. <laughs> Call me Tyrone today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Steve. You you know, you got the sugars and... and Actually, I got the strangest call this morning. My doctor called me and said I was healthy. What? What? Yeah, not... I mean, I still have the sugars. I was about to say, your diabetes uh, is in remission? I no, no, heard I still got sugars, but, but I went the other day, took some blood tests, and she called, and she had like this... This amazing voice of like, Hope. she couldn't believe it. She was Hope. like, "I'm Ow. so happy to be calling you right now." You got the color back like, in the cheeks. She didn't trace like all the coffee I'm in like, your system. I'm like, "What's up?" She's like, "You're healthy," like with a wow. question mark and Hair an exclamation back. point. I was like, Wait, oh. "Not show of hands, but." When he said that, I was a little slightly disappointed. I thought he <laughs> something else. I feel like that's such an achievement that <laughs> no, no. If Steve you ever is so w- committed to us that he got blacked. You no, see, Michael, not- what you don't know is that Quest gave Sh- Steve the sugars, so that's oh, why yeah. it's really messed up. Gave to say that <laughs> Steve's been my engineer for twenty years, and I guess he had you to adapt gave to- it to him. Or- that was my gave bonus. That was my bonus one year for Hanukkah. Was the- he had to adapt to my diet, and so. You know, oh, no. doing an entire summer of soul food literally gave him diabetes. Took him out. And, yeah. uh, you know, so. Well, I'm happy that you're, you're healthy. Yeah, I mean, relatively. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you seem thrilled about it, by the way. Well, I, it was one of those moments I was actually sitting on the toilet. And I got <laughs> and I got the call from my doctor. I was like, well, this is it. You know, like, <laughs> this is where this I'm going to get the news right oh, here. Oh, no. You know? And uh, and and she gave me good news. I was like, all right, great. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Keep so them moving. Keep them moving. Keep them feet. Do you have another man? <laughs> do you have another moniker now? Like, well, are there any other black diseases I could get? Like cause sickle cell, lupus. lupus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, oh, there's more. The gout. Actually, sickle cell is exclusive to really black people. You Stress. can't fake that. <laughs> Stress. Yeah. <laughs> Hypertension. 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 Yeah, that's that's very black level. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, those sound great. And rhythm. Mm-hmm. Well. That's not a disease. Though. Get shot by the police. How about yeah, possible? Yeah, police brutality. Yeah, it's we have a whole list for institutional racism. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, our guest today <laughs> yeah. is not only the uh, first African American host of. Are we still using that? Or are we just black? Yeah. I like black. We, I like black too. I like black. Yeah. All right, ladies and I'm gentlemen, our guest syllables. today is not only the first uh, black host of SNLs. SNL's uh, institution, we can update. Shame. But uh, also, actually, you're double first because I believe that you're the first black host of the 2018, or the Emmys. No yeah. way. I don't think I'm the first black host. Who else hosted the Emmys? Did I have you, no Chris idea. Hosted, oh, no, he did the Oscars, right? Yeah, he did the Oscars. Chris he, did the Oscars. Maya, you got to know this answer. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I really don't know. I, I believe, I never, I believe I that you're the two. first uh, black host. Oh man! Oh, yeah, George Lopez yeah. was probably the closest we got. He might have got close. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did close. I forgot. We'll see what happens. Sort of, you know, <laughs> it's kind of weird. In 2018, we're still celebrating first yeah, first black. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Beyonce and uh, right first black on Coachella. First black to she's the first black black person woman up. to yes to headline Coachella. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But and also the the Vogue issue. Oh yeah. And her getting a. Uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. Questlove, you didn't turn your phone down? This is my lawyer. Your doctor called you this morning. No, my lawyer's <laughs> called me right <laughs> now, so oh, it's probably another lawsuit. Um, yeah, but basically, uh, Vogue just used uh, their first, the first African American photographer for the cover, and in its 100, <laughs> nah, they did, yeah, in its 108 year history, I didn't even know that Vogue was. Around and yeah, yeah, that long. That's why that black issue. You know, there's an actual black issue of Vogue that came out like five, ten, five years ago, five, six years ago. I it's, think I remember. But that, that was the I Italian. Do. Exactly. Yo, it was funny because I thought back. That's when I was heavy on my eBay joint. So I ordered like Reek's wife. Uh, Tariq's wife was like, "Yo, this is the most historical thing. It's gonna be eBay gold." So I purchased like twenty five issues of that. Of that uh, thing, and now I can't find. find it. Anyway, this is how we do the show. We don't even introduce the guests until half. No, hour. yeah, I'm, I'm with <laughs> it. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm picking it up. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, uh, IG Story Sneaker God Michael Che. Yes, <laughs> I gotta say, Mike. I, I mean, like. I know Clark Kent, and New York knows that Clark Kent is the god of sneaker collecting. Yeah. Like, he got me my job at Nike when I was working for Nike. That's how much of a sneaker god he is. Yeah. But I will say that I envy no one ah. in their sneaker collection more than you. Like, ah, you man. Are, you're King Stunt. Wow. And I'm, you do the same thing. You're like, like oh, these old things? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. But I'll take when that. You, when you... You know, and I'm often at 30 Rock watching you guys. Like, do you often, like, choose your sneakers? Like, yo, I'm a stunt on. I'm a stunt on Hove tonight. Like, I, ne I never, well, only, I'll, I'll break out certain ones for certain people. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun one. I can't wait to see. But, like, I don't, when I was a kid, it was never really the sneakers. It was always, like, just fresh sneakers. Okay. It was right. always about. Do you, you can have fifty dollars sneakers, but they was fresh. They yeah. was like, all right. So like for me, it was always I had to buy a lot because I had to keep them fresh. So like if, to keep them clean, I would just buy four or five pairs. That, okay, that's what I was going to ask because your joints always look fresh out the box. Yeah, right? that was that was always the growing up. Like that was the thing. Your sneakers had to be fresh. It didn't. It didn't care. Socks and drawers. Yeah, yeah, that's so, yeah. I'm not right. never socks and drawers. So can you yeah. describe? I these my drawers away. You have on today, Mr. Che. Yeah. What's, what's going on here on your feet? These are and these are actually beaters. These are these is Concord Elevens, but these is like I think the the 2011 ones. And these is like I probably wore these like seven times, they eight fresh times. Fresh and white. Where the, nah, but these aren't even like the, I got some in the box that's like mm -hmm. never, never never had touch a factory. Yeah, 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 factory. You could hear him snap when you walk. You hear the little the crack a little bit. Jays don't hurt your feet. No, Jays. There's no Jays. Because you actually that hurt walk around feet. like they're comfortable slippers. <laughs> they, I, they're the most comfortable sneakers. You know, what I don't like is the like. There's certain sneakers that now they have like the sock kind of feel oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those hurt a little bit because it just feels like I'm walking on the floor. Like yeah. the Jays, the sole is so actually. Made for like you, I feel like I'm in shoes, you know. The 11s are the ones that like the comfortable ones. I like the 11s. these is comfortable. Yeah. The threes are the most comfortable. I fly with those because I could take them off and put them back on. Like they mad comfortable. I hate both y'all right now. <laughs> I do. Like I threes have, and fours are the only ones I fuck with. I have yeah. an illustrious Jordan collection, but I can't wear them. Like really, if I absolutely. You made Jordans, didn't you? Didn't you like? No, no, nah, nah, I, I just work for Air. Yeah. But the thing was, the thing is, is like. 
I have to prepare me wearing rocking some Jordans, which goes into shaving my corns off. Oh shit! Oh god! So bunions. Soaking my feet. <laughs> Maybe sleeping upside down so the circulation goes down so my foot. Oh god! Anything like, with the exception of, I told you about Tony Maiden, the guitarist yeah, from Rufus. Guitarist, yeah. Yeah, like he just to fit some cowboy boots from Japan. He had his feet shaved, shaved uh, uh. with and length, just so that he could fit a, a pair of of cowboy boots. <laughs> that seems from rather Japan. extreme. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh yeah. Damn. Anyway, Michael. Yeah, That's beautiful. Yeah, your sneaky game's on point, bro. I always, I always love, always love fresh kicks. I always love. You're not wearing those under the desk, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you are? No matter what, you wearing them under the desk? Because I was like, when do we see your sneaks unless it's like at the end always, of the show? Always, okay. I used to put my foot on the desk at the end of episodes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you... And then people... But I would put my foot on the desk just like as a move to put your foot on the desk. And people was like, you're showing off your sneakers. Like, no, I just always wear ill sneakers so it looks like I'm showing them up but I was literally just putting my foot on that so I stopped doing it because people thought I was showing off sneakers and they were like what are you going to wear next week and I was like ah that's not fun and then I look like a, like a billboard you know what I mean like shit that's different yeah that's not yeah see I'll be the last one too if I keep doing that so are you are you a native New Yorker yeah I'm Lower East Side you LES. living there now, or you were born? No, there? I was born. In, my whole family is from the same project. I'm like a legacy. Yeah, we, yeah like we from the project. My grandparents. Wait, which uh, which which one? Smith Projects. Like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm new to New York. I, you don't live there. You now, know, right? right? I'm not giving <laughs> your address away. <laughs> no, I don't live okay. in projects. Okay, okay. <laughs> what like what address? The projects. Well, like what cross streets? I, this I'm, is a Catherine slip, like between Catherine and Madison is the whole project. My whole family is from like what they call the dark side, so that's that's twenty one eighty. Damn, one eighty does that. Because I was saying when we shot what they do, we had to go to the projects to shoot a rooftop scene, and the first thing that I was thinking, I was like, "Yo, this is like the hugs and kisses project." Like, yeah, yeah, it was old grandmothers or whatever. Like, but it was late '90s, so I was expecting. In Manhattan. Wait, where was it? Um, lower, like lower Manhattan, and it's a I remember part. there was There's a lot of projects. Over there was concern there. from the <laughs> label. Like the hill. There was like mad concern from the label, and you know when we got there, they were like prepping us, like, okay, guys, make sure security, you know, because we thought we were going to the projects to shoot the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when we got there, we were just like. Wait a minute. This is not project enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there's a project we used to go to to like specifically for Halloween and it was just all old people. You would go there and oh, just the yeah, all the trick and treat and nobody like visited them sadly. So <laughs> they they was like happier about Halloween than we was when we was kids. We would go over there and we'd rack up. It was great. It was awesome. Well, you're not from you from Projects in Philly? Do Philly do projects like nah, that? Really? I, it's like row houses and shit. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Limited. yeah, row houses. Tariq makes fun because my father, we were the only house that never got broken into because my dad would put um, like security rod iron gates around our entire crib so it looked like I lived in a prison. <laughs> <laughs> like the front porch. But yeah, I mean, we were the only house on the block with like 3,000 records and all this recording equipment and drums and stuff. So my dad's like, nope. Yeah. You know, so that makes sense. It was like Fort Knox, you know. So 
Okay, so being born in Manhattan, like, what led you to entertainment? Uh, that's crazy. I mean, it wasn't entertainment to me. It was specifically stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, I would watch Bring the Pain. I would watch Carlin's HBO's and or Damon Wayne's HBO special. Like, those are specific specials that stood out to me, like, when I was a kid growing up and wanting to just do that. I just loved the way, you know what I mean? It was like, it was every class clowns, yeah. like. How old were you listening to these folks? Yeah, oh, we're, man, we're old, I was what? Man. No, I mean, 12, Michael, 13? Same. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, 12, I'm 35, so like, that's like like mid-90s. Yeah, so you, 12, the first Damon Wayans, the still standing, did you fuck the that first, uh, the first Damon Wayans I remember was when he had on the yellow shirt mm-hmm. and the, the hat. brown hat. I think that was HBO One Night Stand. I think oh, it was like One a, Night Stand. Okay, I think yeah. it was like a half hour. Joke. It was a half hour. Yeah. But Dame, the Wayans family was like legendary because for one, they was from Lower Manhattan. They was from uh, Chelsea Projects, I think. And then I remember like Hollywood Shuffle and I'm gonna get you sucker and Robert Townsend specials and all of that. So the Wayans was like already. It was like Eddie Murphy and then Damon Wayans like right under. You know. Okay, I gotta know. I'm the youngest, by the way, of seven. So we was getting that, yeah. I was I was getting all of that stuff immediately. You know what I mean? Oh, because I was, I was in a house. And... I was in a house full of teenagers. There's so a all lot of that defense, stuff. Like, man, man. Yeah. yeah, like I don't remember the first time I heard hip hop. Like, I, there's stories of me as a baby singing Lottie Dottie and all of that stuff. Like, it's <laughs> oh, okay. It's like yeah, that triple kind down. of thing. Usually, yeah. usually the baby of the family of a large family, you know, is probably I was like, the best. Up being the I soaked star. it all. Right. No, I was asking like. Do a lot of those specials age well? Because I tried, Not, I watched. N- nothing ages well in 2018. Like, half the shit that we laughed at in the 90s would get fucking, I mean, it'd be <laughs> niggas writing petitions on Twitter and shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Carlin stuff yeah. from the 90s ages very well. Yeah. yeah. It depends yeah. on the comedian, right? Because, like, Moms Mabley, I was listening to her as a kid, but that was, like, what, 30, 40 years ago by the time you listened to those tapes? Yeah. Yeah, mom's maybe. Yeah, Colin was I good because this was, was kind of more like commentary. Like it was more social commentary. Like yeah. Eddie Murphy, like the first yo raw is like nigga. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like first the first ten minutes of that is see ooh, that doesn't you age know well. I was like thirty <laughs> right. I was thirty something. I was thirty something when I first watched Delirious. Yeah, like because you know I grew up in a new Eddie Murphy in this house, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to see none of that stuff. Growing up, and then finally went on a tour bus. You know, they showed Delirious, and I don't, it was weird because I wanted, you know, Delirious is 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 in the Mount Rushmore yeah. of everyone's comedy, but it didn't hit me that way. One because it's like not like an Illmatic, right? And you're like, how? <laughs> right? But, no, no, no. But, always go back. But I get it. But the thing was because that was. My my introduction to Delirious was everyone else doing Delirious, so I knew the yeah, ice cream uh, bit, yeah, 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 musical yeah, genius, yeah. and ha, ah, very funny. But I knew all that based on classroom kids doing it and rappers sampling it and all that stuff. So, but when I finally watched it, it's funny you say that because I know you know the same way that who was in different till uh, Midnight Marauders, uh, what's Lupe. It? 
like Lupe or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm probably that way. For delirious. I respect delirious and know where it stands historically. Oh, you're Lupe. I get it. Ooh, I was like that. For, I was like that for prior. Like I didn't really get a lot of people are like that. For I was like ever prior. Like live at the Sunset Strip. I was like okay, but to me, he was funniest in movies. So like, which way is up is my shit. Well, That's funny because critics but, pan all of his movies. <laughs> right. Uh, I think with Richard Pryor, he was copied so much. And Eddie Murphy is true, too. They've been copied so much that it's kind of hard to understand the context of when he was doing it. He was the only guy doing how it. How revolutionary and it was. Yeah, how revolutionary it was. So it's kind of hard to understand that if you're not there watching it. Because I, I used to say the same thing. I was like, I don't really understand why Richard Pryor is so much better, greater than everybody, or Harold is, is so much greater. And then I started kind of... Learning more about comedy and learning more about who else was happening at the time, you're like, oh, okay. Next to those guys, he must have looked like a Martian. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like plus, he- like the idea of, you know, him doing the wino and the junkie and like street characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, Dick Craig, Dick Gregory really wasn't doing that in his comedy. And no. Red Fox's shit was either. more. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, got, Red Fox was set up punch. A lot of a lot of like actual jokes. You know. Joke. Yeah. Joke. Jokes. Yeah. Richard Pryor, that was like, I mean, this like dude a one-man is, show for he's real. in the Chitlin circuit in early 1970s black, you know what I mean, clubs, talking about the first time you ever blew a dude, and it's working. <laughs> right. Like, you, it'd be hard to do that in a black room now, now. Yeah. and he's got people laughing, and it's like the kind of uh, mm. thing that he was doing was insane, when you think about the context. Nah. You, you know that Cosby actually released to blue Humor records that, that people don't know about. What? Yeah, there's one joint and it came out on laugh or some shit or like. Nah, what's one, blue, what's one blue was humor the one people who don't. Oh, blue humor is like dirty, like dirty cursing, cursing, like a, cussing. Yeah, fussing, cussing. Um, yeah, in '74 there was like a. I mean, he didn't get that deep into it, but the other was uh, in '80 '81 he spoke at. Uh, it was more like him speaking at a. Uh, some prison in Pennsylvania and it wasn't comedy per se but they made the record cover look like it was like Bill Cosby and hard headed boys (laughs) hard headed boys and I was like oh let me get this record and then it was just like him him being real like you know that sort of thing like Y'all gonna make me I go back and listen to that Whoopi joint. I saw his last special that never came out. The Netflix one or yeah, I think it was Netflix. It was I think it was called uh, Cosby seventy seven. Oh, when he's coming at uh, us, like coming at us, the footwear. Right? No, it's Maybe actually he's actually not. It's well, what I saw, he did like two hours of I guess what was gonna be a ninety minute special sure. or whatever, and it was Robert Townsend was directing it, oh. and they they did it at, the, I was doing shows in San Francisco, and it was like, there was an early taping, like a six o'clock taping, and I watched it, and it went and did my show, and it was it was like good, it was it was kind of loose, it wasn't, you could tell like he was still trying stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. oddly, but it, it like a month after that, everything That's happened. Really awesome. Do you remember what he touched? Like, where was he at? He was basically? talking a lot, of, it, it was weird, because he was talking a lot about like, um, like growing up, uh, like his first experiences dating. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of it was like bluish. It wasn't blue, but it was like blue for Cosby. Mm-hmm. It was like a it was like an old man that was like, "Ah, you know what? Fuck it. Hey, I'm gonna let loose a little bit." <laughs> right. But it was it was good though. It was like kind of like 
excited. You know, I was kind of excited to see. What, yeah, where I was. was I was look. interested. I mean, you know, obviously everything that happened, I understood why. But I was always curious to see that special when it came out because how many seventy-seven-year-old comedians? Yeah, do you see? like you don't Dick even Gregory, get that perspective. But no, no more. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, Paul Mooney, it ain't the same. Well, nah. you can still see him. Uh, he. Frequents He's this. still just kind of popping up. On, so I heard he was he doing. He frequents that for a this jazz club in Philly a lot. Who? Yeah. William H. Cosby. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Where yeah. they? It's not. I guess the people that own uh, the old Zanzibar. Yeah. It, it's they. They have one joint that's kind of uh, not in Ballackenwood, but. Oh, he's in the bird. Okay. They showed a video of him like recently, mm-hmm. like at, at that spot or whatever. After the everything came down, that's, yeah. like that is a couple brave. months ago. Yeah, actually. it was just he oh, was wow. just out there and he just yeah. That's yeah, he was doing Hickey Burr, I think, or something crazy. <laughs> 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 that's the only safe cut he got. Right, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, what what were your first steps into taking uh, your comedy series? Like one too many trips to the principal's office or like No, none of that. Hmm, I was this? I got it late. I was like I always wanted to try it. I always, always wanted to try it. It was like they had like comedy classes. The thing about stand up is if you don't know any comedians, it's it might as well be on the moon because you don't have no idea how to do it. So I would just Google like how to do it and find like different open mics or whatever, and it's just literally five dollars, half a pint of E and J. <laughs> and you just go up there. Like, that was literally how it happened. I went to an open mic right right down the block from the cellar on McDougal Street. And I scouted it out one day just to watch. And there was, like, one dude that was really good. And everybody else was terrible. And I was like, if they're terrible and still doing it, then I could be that terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I could just be that bad and try it. It's, it took the pressure off. You don't have to be good at it, you know? Because every time somebody wants to start comedy, they're always like, I don't got no jokes, though. And you're like, yeah, n- nobody has jokes when you start. That's the whole point. There's no joke you're going to start with that you're going to end with. You know what I mean? It's all going to, you're going to outgrow all of that shit. So it doesn't really matter. Just being on stage is what's important. So going there and just doing it, I couldn't tell you what I said, but just being on stage and seeing that perspective of hearing your voice in a microphone. I never heard my voice in a microphone before. Oh, wow. So like, even that was freaky. And you did it with no nerves. You ain't, of course, you ain't I had no, on yourself a I, little bit. You hear that E and J? Hence the E and J. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. Right. yeah. Herc and jerk, baby. Yeah, yeah. hence the E and J. Do you remember Wait, some of that's your that's early E and J stands for? Nah, that's just we call it around the oh, crib. Okay. <laughs> He's called Herc and jerk. He's just Jesus. He's just Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. We call it that too. So you went there without a formula? Nothing. I went up there with like four things that I thought were funny. That I would that would make my friends in the car crack up. That wouldn't make anybody else that was outside that <laughs> car crack up. Like literally nothing. I just wanted remember. to be. Do you remember stage. any? Like yeah. you talk about material you outgrown. Do you remember I some think, of your early stuff? I think like one of the first jokes I had. Oh man, I think maybe one of the first jokes I had. I might have even said it that night was something about how because it was. I remember it was like October. It was like the fall, and I was saying how like Jehovah's Witnesses don't. <laughs> They don't celebrate Halloween, even though they should, because that's the one time people <laughs> open the door. And, but it was like like that, you yeah, know, yeah. like kind of like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, like one of those. But that's all you need. Just you, As long as you're comfortable on stage, everything comes. You know what I mean? Like even now, you might go on stage with nothing and find something, you know. So with that first laugh, was it like a, a crack high? Like, ah. Uh, yeah. It. Like your first real good laugh. 
the first real good laugh, well, you start out only doing open mics, and open mics in the city is not regular people there. It's all other, other people waiting to go on. So a lot of the laughs are like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, write, they, they write back in their book or whatever. Nobody's really there to support people, you know? So the first actual show I did was what they call a bringer show. That means you bring five people and then you can perform. So you had to pass out flyers in the corner? No, you yeah. you could just get anybody. You could get five friends. You could get however you want. That's a Barker show. Barker, yeah. It's, yeah, that's a Barker. Wait, what's a Barker? <laughs> barker, nah, it's a Barker. You watch, well, you crashing yeah, on crashing. HBO? Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought you okay. I got, not that I got suckered, but I watched Crashing and then leaving, uh, I forgot who did a set at uh, uh Caroline's. I was leaving Caroline's, and then I saw the guy on the corner, and I thought of crashing, right? Mm. And you know, I was like, "All right, let me let me make it rain." And I said, "Dude," and I brought five hundred dollars worth of tickets. Whoa! <laughs> right, just you know, I just made saw, his night. <laughs> right, and he couldn't believe it. And then I was like, "He," and he tried to talk himself out of it. Like, no, 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 yeah. just, <laughs> just tickets. Just give me like tickets are only twenty dollars. That's all. I said, "Dude." Give me five hundred dollars worth of tickets, and he couldn't understand it. And I was like, I watched crashing, and I, I understand that this is how. That's actually a terrible, terrible thing you did. I, that, you know what? Because I now realized, somebody's gonna be like, "Yo, we sold out, and nobody's gonna be at that show." That's an awful idea. No, so. Well, what what I was saying is how you never had to go that route. No, nah, I never, I never did barking. I never did barking. I mean, you barked like your own show. Like if you yeah. like, everybody has kind of like a bar show or whatever. That's kind of your penance of coming up in comedy. Like you do my show, I do your show, kind of thing. So everybody kind of has like a bar show. And then if your if your show's light, you might go outside and be like, hey, we got a comedy show. Hey guys, come back, come in the back. We got a comedy show in the back or whatever. But it was never like four tickets. It was always usually like a free show. Okay. I just, it was just like a thing. Like I just didn't want to do. You know. So wait, you said just you watched lazy. Crashing too, though, right? Did you watch the show? I've seen some. I don't really. I watch Food Network and Shut Sports up. Center. Like that's literally. <laughs> we sitting talking really about like, Orange and New Black. You like what the fuck is that? I know what it is, but I just. I, uh, oh, I just. Yeah, wanted. I think that once now that you're part of the conversation, I know what it. I know how it's made, and I'm just like I can't watch it the way like a regular person can watch this, it. This is why I feel cannot like be I, entertained. This is why I feel like I have imposter syndrome because. I feel like people that are really making history don't watch history. They just make it. Yeah, they make it. And meanwhile, I'm like, episode twelve. Let's go. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, like, can you watch? Can you watch other late night shows? Dude, I obsessively like to prepare for that job. Yes, I watch. Really, I watch. In the mornings, He's I use a usually, researcher, though. Yeah, I was about to say, you uh, I watch Colbert, I watch Conan, I watch everything to see what they're doing, what their bumpers are like, what their walk on songs so are if, like. So, if no other reason, you know what not to do. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, like, with the guests that are on our show, like, I'm watching their entire series to see if I can get something on the character that once saying, like, my crack high was, uh, who was uh, on Chappelle, the Ask a Gay Dude? Uh, uh, Paul Mario. Moore. Oh, oh, that's gay to uh, Mario Cantone. Cantone. Right. Oh, yeah, Steampipe Valley. I was, I was a kid. Oh, was like, there you go. <laughs> Steampipe right. Valley. So yeah. I did a Steampipe, and he almost stopped the show in tears like, 
How do you know about like? Yeah. But we picked this obscure song from Steampipe Alley. I would have picked that up easy. That's a good one. <laughs> Steampipe Alley used to come on every like what was it, like I know Saturday. You had a show. I'm about to Google that. It was like they would play Looney Tunes. It was like a one man sketch show. Oh wow! And it was all for kids, and they play Looney Tunes in between them. So like, if you wanted to watch Bugs Bunny, you watch Steampipe Alley. It's come on like Channel Nine. Yeah, oh. Steampipe Alley was a shit. And this is Mario Cantone. Mario right. Cantone. Yeah. Wow. But once, wow. once. That, uh, like, and all this is to Jimmy's chagrin, because it's basically like, hey, guys, just play the three-second song and let my guest. But then once, like, the Roots yeah. managed to distract the guest, like, how did they know that? Oh, my God. And he wanted to talk about, it ruined the interview. And then, I, <laughs> and then at that or point. Or did it. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, at that point, then I was like, oh, shit. Then I'm, I'm watching every show. Yeah. One and now I have an addiction. Like, I have... That is the illest. That is the illest thing I gotta say. Like that. That is like a really cool thing. Like, what are the roots gonna bring everybody out to? Is kind of a cool. It's cool, but then it's like some people come on the show like with their map. Like Cosby used to do that. Oh, like wow. I only got like a good my own like jamming on the one reference because then Cosby was like, okay, well, this is what I want to walk out to, and I'm like, no. Oh wow. Let let me surprise yeah. you. Uh, Steve Martin also, but Steve Martin's are funny because. Oh, he requests, he makes special requests. Steve loved the idea of what we did to Michelle Bachman. Uh, oh my God, oh, but you got in trouble for that. <laughs> right. What we did to her that then he was like, then he would orchestrate, but then it like back, it backfired for us because then we would have to come in early to rehearse his walk on. Like one time he introduced, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Martin, and Steve Martin came out, he was on the Letterman set. Like, no. And then he was on the View set. No. And then he was on <laughs> Conan set. Like, it was this whole elaborate wow. four-minute walk-on thing. And then Will Smith and, you know, so it's just like sometimes it, it, it backfires. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again, the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances, and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Wait, to go back to the source of this rabbit hole, are you saying that you can't watch any entertainment or is comedy even harder to watch? I'm saying comedy. that's what he was saying. Comedy is hard to watch and like, comedy in particular is hard to watch, but I don't really, there's no like shows that I really, I watch like Detroiters I like. Is that good? I, I love it. Because the ratings are like out of this world and I, I want to commit. I friggin' love it. I don't What's have, that? Which one is it? Room in your list. I think, I think it's <laughs> Jason Sudeikis' is, uh, And my yeah. dude from uh, Beep. Oh, yeah, my Sam, name. Sam Richards yeah, and, um, and Tim Robinson. Guy? Yeah, from Beep. Yeah. Well, Steve. Tim Robinson was like my office mate at SNL. Tim and Zach, who yeah, are the man. who are the co-creators of the show, and so like I remember them working on it. I wrote an episode last season, and and it's just like. Their humor is just the craziest. We used to write the craziest, craziest shit together <laughs> on SNL that would never get on. And then we would just have, so we would just bug out all the time. So when did we talk about matriculating from to going on stage with some E&J and just winging it to becoming a writer? Because that's... I got the craziest how I got on SNL story, I think, that I've heard so far. Okay. Literally. Wait, we didn't even get to the wow. Daily Show, that's which got damn. you on SNL. I was a writer on SNL before I was at the Daily Show. We in order. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. All right, go ahead. Continue. I was doing stand-up maybe, you know, a few years in, and I saw Colin Jost at the Ditton Factory, Hannibal's show mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and um, we both did a set or whatever, and he was like, man, you you know, you're funny, whatever. And we were like, we would see each other around, but, like, he, was, he like, got to, like, really watch me. Next day, uh, he hit me up, like, uh, Hey, you want? <laughs> I shouldn't say this is gonna like discourage people from ever going through the process. But he he messaged me where he he was head writer at the time at SNL, and he was like, uh, "Yo, if you ever want to, you know, if you have like a packet or something, I would love to submit your packet to SNL. Like, you know, if you write sketches." And I had never written a sketch before, so I was like, "All right, yeah, sure, I'll do it." And I was like, "I ain't fucking writing no. You gonna have me write a packet for some shit that's gonna be bad? You know what I mean? I know I don't know how to do that." And he would periodically hit me up like every three or four weeks, like, yo, you got the you got the package? Like, oh, I'm still working on it, but yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. And then it was like the week of the show where he's like, We just wanna come in as a guest writer. And I was mm-hmm. like, All right. Wow. <laughs> so I came in as a guest writer and it was two week contract. Literally they they throw you in the fire. So like you get there Monday. So SNL production week, there's no orientation. You just show up to the show and you're like, all right, you work here, get to work. You're responsible for two sketches or whatever. 
and everybody's there. It was this was like Fred and and Bill and Jason was still there. Seth was still head writer with with Colin. So it was like intimidating as fuck. I think Andy and Kristen had just left like a few months before. And um no limitations. They just said go right there. Yeah, shit. they was like so the first thing you got to do is you got to go into Lauren's office and do the pitch meeting, which you, I'm sure you know about. Mm-hmm. You literally it's the entire cast and writing staff in Lauren's office with the host and Kevin Hart that's was the where, host. That's wow. where it takes place? Oh my God. In Lauren's office wow. on 17. Yeah. With the host. Oh wow. my God, and it's Kevin Hart. Okay. It's Kevin Hart. What's so, popcorn and everything? Don't touch the popcorn. At that point, don't touch the popcorn. Yeah. It's, it's behind him. So in order to touch the popcorn, you got to walk to, like up to his chair and that's a power move right Side there. note, ah, he finally thumbs thumbed us up once. I, br- I brought him two big ass b- yeah, uh, bags of popcorn. You know, most of us ain't been <laughs> in Lauren Michael's popcorn. office, right? Like y'all know, y'all know, we don't know what y'all talking about, right? Lauren, Lauren loves popcorn. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying, everybody who listening, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tell y'all inside joke. Lauren, Lauren loves popcorn. Okay, good. If you walk in, you just you hear popcorn all over the floor. So we're all in there huddling. Yeah, everybody's giving sketch ideas. Everybody's telling me this is like comedy pros, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So my I had to pitch a sketch, and I got a laugh from it. And then I think after that, they was like, all right. my sketch was uh, I, I probably told you, but. Uh, it was uh, Kevin Hart playing the richest black man in New York, Dwayne Reed. And everybody, yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always tell that joke, but, and everybody laughed. And they were like, oh, okay. Lauren was like, okay. And then my first, they asked me to write that sketch. It bombed terribly at the table, but I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, wow. So then the next week was Justin Timberlake. And then I got a sketch on, and then it was like fun. And Which and one was that, his? I, <laughs> A sketch you could never do now. It was called She's Got a Dick. And it was <laughs> <laughs> It was called She's Got a Dick. It was a romantic comedy trailer about this lady that had everything, but she also had a dick. Oh, I love and it. He- <laughs> Who played the woman? It was uh it was uh Justin in the scene. Oh, okay. It was Justin in the scene. So when you say so when you say a skip bombed at the table. What what what's the I guess the chain of command? What's the process? You pitch it in the meeting in Lauren's office, and then what? Well, I didn't know this, but typically people who when you do pitch now I know this when you pitch typically people don't say what they're gonna write. They're usually just saying like a one liner that's gonna make everybody laugh. It's really uh, a meeting to make the host feel comfortable. Okay. okay, you know, like you're not you're not really pitching your idea. Sometimes people do. Like there's times where. You can pitch something, people are like, hey, that's funny. Actually, can you do that? And then you write it, and then, like, that's happened to me a couple times, or, you know, like, oh, I've recommended or whatever. The sketch that um, that was, like, super popular, uh, Farewell, Mr. Bunting, you remember that one where, like, Pete stands up and his head gets chopped off on the ceiling fan? It's yes. like a, That was a pitch. That was a pitch that Colin, well, I think Mikey Day pitched it, and Colin was like, hey, you should, like, we could write that. And they wrote it together and made it happen. But it was almost, he was almost like, it was like a throwaway. Dude, I was literally going to ask you, like, the reason why you see me there obsessively every week in the show Mm -hmm. isn't, I mean, yes, I want to laugh and I enjoy the experience. But my conversation with Higgins always the next day is, yeah, what was the pitch like? And then when you got, I said, when I went to him uh, after that that bit. Uh Uh-huh. I said, did someone just say, okay, we're going to do not Goodwill Hunting? What's the thing where uh, I, I, my, uh, I'm not good with the uh, Robin Dead Williams. Poets Society? Yeah, like, did someone just say, okay, it's a Dead Poets Society sketch, but then when Pete stands on the table, he's going to get beheaded? Like, how do you. Literally, pretty much that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, a lot of the physical comedy or the, or the one bit where 
somebody was a poster or something that involves physical comedy. Yeah. It's like, how do you articulate that that's going to be the funny part? If I think, And how does that work in the room that actually gets you to... That's where the show gets tricky because there's a lot of things that make a table full of comedy writers laugh that Don't doesn't make, make America people. laugh. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make us laugh that becomes a massive hit or whatever. So I think that's that's kind of like when Lauren and Higgins and, and Kenward, like that's kind of when they're saying, you know what, I think this will look good on tape. Even though it doesn't play hot at the table, I think this will work. I think this will be really good for the show. So there's a lot of... At the, trust I remember me, that. Trust me on this. Or. Yeah. Well, I think we all knew that it it would be funny, but it's when you're reading because it's everybody's reading their part, and then Lauren is reading the stage direction. We're not really acting it he out. He reads the stage director? He reads every stage director. So wait, can I ask a crazy question? Because so y'all a, throwing out names, okay. and I just Googled one because I had to figure out who Higgins was. Okay, it's Steve Higgins. Okay, this is the guy who is actually on The Tonight Show, but he also is like a writer for... The one He's a producer, head. yeah. Higgins okay. is like, he runs... Yeah. SNL. But Who knew? This is yeah. On Fallon, he's just like, that's his DJ gig. Right. But, you know, his roots gig is SNL. Yes. Wow, okay. Yes. yes. All right. Legendary writer for the show, and now he's a, a producer, and he works pretty hands-on on the show. Yeah. Okay. See, well, that's the thing, because usually, like, you know, commercial breaks when, like, Lauren's just in the middle of the floor, like, in the camera shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, photo op. Yeah. Right. Part of me is wondering, like, okay, are you... Again, are you Ronald McDonald or are you Ray Kroc? Like, <laughs> are you really making the decisions? So he actually reads the... La- oh, no. Lauren makes the... Si- like, Lauren is the guy. He's very... Ex- he's extremely wow. hands-on. We all go in his office and we talk things through and we he has the board and he give, he he's very, very, very uh, instrumental in what gets... I never knew that. Yeah. I just thought, Sometimes you know, he comes up with the cold open. Sometimes, like... We'll be, you know, like we won't have a cold open. We've been writing our cold opens much, much later in the week because of the news. Because of the news cycle, it's just been insane. We've been, we've had to like rewrite cold opens and rewrite updates on Thursday and Friday sometimes, like just because of news. Like the country's completely different between Wednesday and Friday, <laughs> like completely different. So you know, he'll be like, I, I feel like maybe we should do something like this or whatever, and then he, he kind of like orders it up at uh, a lot of times, you know. So. That- Oh, good. Oh, so what is the production schedule? So so Monday we meet the host and it's kind of a light day. You could start writing, but you really don't have to. But it's, it's really writers meeting and then host meeting. And then Tuesday we come in um, for writing. Then you just write all day Tuesday. Sometimes I get in usually around 3, 4 p.m. And then I'll maybe leave at about 7, 8 a.m. And then go home, take a nap, take a shower, and then go to table read, which is usually around 3 p.m. on Wednesday. We read up until about 8 o'clock. And table read is you guys table reading read, the sketches that you read. We read about 40, anywhere between 35 and 40 of the sketches. That uh, you wrote on Tuesday. That we all wrote on Tuesday. Okay, gotcha. And then we pick maybe 11 to produce. We rewrite it Thursday. We do our pre-tapes Friday and our blocking Friday. And then Saturday run through dress rehearsal air do you between dress rehearsal and air we usually cut two to three sketches cut meaning meaning it, it, take yeah. it doesn't make okay, it yeah you. so it's like a two-hour show it's we go in with about two hours and then we leave with about 90 minutes for live and sometimes we're cutting shit on air 
sometimes we're rewriting shit on there. There's times where like the show is on and you're in your dressing room and you think your day's over and your your sketch is next and they're like, hey, we need, they need you in the control room and you're literally in the script department cutting out sketches. <laughs> cutting out lines of a sketch. So if you ever like watching the show and at the end you're like, well, that ended weird. It's because <laughs> we had to shave 45 seconds out of a three minute sketch, wow. which happens a lot. Yeah. And if, if it, well, that's how I first met you. I, I learned the process is if you're one of the bits that gets cut, mm-hmm. if you're a newbie, you might take a little personal. Mm. You might take a little personal pan pizza. So then you go up to 17. <laughs> and then you get shit face drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you just vent. Yeah. Yep. Because does everybody every week at least get in a get in a segment? Like everybody. Hannibal said no, no, not no. Hannibal. What's his name? Said he never got his. Uh, what's his name? I think I think Hannibal got like one or two. Yeah. But yeah, some it's it's. Oh, so some writers you never see. It's been a little bit. Um. Well, you got to think when they were writing, they had like. I mean, it was like, yeah, they you had like Kristen Wiig and all the people on the show. That that's like half the show right there. So if you didn't write anything she was in, real estate gets a lot smaller, you know. So like, you know, Larry David said he none of his bits ever got on. Yeah, Larry David. Yeah, I heard that too. Oh, same with Sarah Sarah Silverman. I've heard that as well. And to work there for years. I think Sarah was only there for like a year or two. I don't think she was there very long. So is it an official, is there really an official like SNL fraternity? Like, was there a moment when you felt like, yes, I'm officially in this special collective. No. I can go talk to Bill Murray at any time. And... No. Okay. It's <laughs> it's really, you never feel that because it's, you, you just get comfortable. It's like anything else. It's like you, you really, it just, it, it, go, it ends up being like, holy shit, that's Bill Murray to, uh, Bill Murray's here. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's like oh, wow. it becomes like just uh, that. Yeah, we see them all the time. So, and I think that's kind of the the crazy thing. Like, we're probably the only show where people are more nervous than to we be are. On your show. Yeah, to be on than we are to have them on. But not even the nervous part. Just the camaraderie of knowing that. Okay, so if Chevy Chase sees me on the street, he's going to say something because we are in this fraternity. Like, or maybe he won't. Or maybe he won't. <laughs> that but, was the you wrong know, I used the wrong one. I, I should have went fast and fast forward. Tom, Tom Hanks might. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. David. Yeah. Well, David yeah. Spade. I don't know. Okay, never mind. Yeah, David. Yeah. <laughs> David Spade. <laughs> when they, when someone you haven't worked with from the show knows who you are, it's a very strange experience like where you're like what like I, I i saw john lovitz i'd never seen him outside of the show before this and i saw him in la one time and he was like nice to me and i was like get john lovitz that it was like it blew my mind because john lovitz was like my favorite snl guy he was my up. favorite too he was oh my god i love john lovitz he was so funny all right y'all you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, okay, um, with the hosts that come on the show, mm-hmm. do you, I feel like there's three types of hosts. So if, say someone that's eager and easy to work with, I would assume that Hank's, is that guy that's like really about making the most of a moment hosting SNL? He's he's a dream come true right. for a host. Yes, I'm sure that Timberlake is also that way. Very eager to you know can do anything, do what I got to do yeah. to make sure this is a classic episode. If it's funny, he's with it. But then, um, you know, you guys might get a wild card. Like, um, were you there during the the, the Trump? Yeah, uh, hosting. Yeah, of which. I'm sure that was <laughs> a little crazy. Well, it wasn't to me it wasn't that crazy because I didn't expect him to win until like a year after that. <laughs> like at that right. time it still kind of felt like it was still a, a little bit you. of a joke. Right. You right. know, it wasn't as kind of like a, you know, it wasn't like well, not even not even the 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 process of like will he be president or not. I'm just talking about like a good host for the show. As in, like, good well, with good lines, host, good with delivery, and that sort of thing. A so. good host for me is a little bit different. Like, somebody, like a comedian, when a stand-up is hosting, it's usually not fun for me. Really? Yes. Because they bring in their own team? Because not only do they bring in their own team, but stand-ups and, like, comedians, like, they know why they're funny. They not they trust themselves way more than they trust the writing yeah, staff. The writers, you know what I mean? They know they got one shot at this, and they don't want to bomb. So they're like... Uh, I don't know. They're on the fence about everything. They're not sure about anything until they hear the laugh, and they'll say, "All right, we can, we can do this." So yeah, I was gonna. Add- I love my favorite is like a, a like a Blake Shelton. It's just like, man, just yeah. you unexpected. Yeah. And then they <laughs> it happens it's to like, be funny man, too. Man, so. I don't care. Just, just write it. I'll read it. If it works, it works. That's a dream scenario. Well, what, I, what was Chappelle like? What was his? Chappelle was well. First of all, Chappelle is 
Tell Not only truth. is he a genius, but he's a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And also, this week was like the craziest week because Trump had won. So literally Tuesday you felt one way and the country was completely different by Wednesday. Like I never, other than 9-11 I don't remember a more drastic change in tone after a day. So to write, mind you, we write the show Tuesday. So we have to write a sketch. You know what I mean? You got to imagine writing like the poop family sketch and you're watching the country literally fall apart. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, what what does he say next? You know, it's nothing that seems important at that time. So by Wednesday, table read, all the sketches was in rough shape because everyone was so distracted and nobody really had anything good. But... Neil Brennan helped a lot, and and Chappelle, of course, got his hands on stuff, and um, Brian Tucker did a lot of work to bring everything up. We all, you know, pitched yeah. in to bring everything up uh, to get the show ready by Saturday, but that was like a really weird week. So it's hard for me to really say what Dave was like because it was such a bizarre yeah, circumstance. Yeah. yeah, it was so, so weird. So the host sometimes will help with sketches. Of course. I mean, if, they're, yeah, if they yeah, they know what like they're doing, thing. they'll, yeah, I mean, they got to say it. Yeah. We do the show for them, and they and they ultimately get to pick. Like, when we pick the sketches that go on the show, it's the head writers and, and the producers and uh, Lauren and the host, and we, we talk it through. Like, we talk through, I feel like you need something here or whatever. We just kind of tell them the formula of the show and what we think will make them look good, cast coverage, all of that stuff. And then we kind of decide from there. And there's some stuff that they'll fight for, and there's some stuff that they're like, hey, I trust you. Has that so. ever been a comedian who's bought a ridiculous amount of, like, writers with him? Or mm-hmm. her? Okay. What's the re- what, <laughs> he can't say. I don't want to name names, but I want to know what's a, what's a ridiculous <laughs> I, number. I, I, more than two is kind of crazy. Based on what I've watched, mm-hmm. all right, all you have to do is confirm yes or no. You don't have to say okay. anything bad. Did Rock bring a lot of writers on his episode? Rock brought like three or four. See, I think. The thing, no, Rock but this is like the thing though, because I can tell the difference between when a comedian host brings his own people, mm-hmm. and then when a comedian, well, not a comedian, but when someone knows to trust the process. Yeah. Now I didn't have any expe- expectations for the Larry David episode. Mm. But that, to me, was one of the funniest shows ever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, former uh, former SNL alumni, he knows the, he knows the, the situation. But he didn't do a lot of writing on that. I know. But, yeah. that, but thus, that's why his episode turned out to be hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, it's no secret. Like, even Rock and I talked about it. Like, his episode... The one with Prince was probably the 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 not so well executed episode. Well, and I think the also a big difference is is that like Larry David really wanted to do it. I don't. I think Chris was kind. Chris is old. You know how Chris is. He's like nah, I don't know. Like he right. he's never like gung ho excited to do. But <laughs> well, that's Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's so just added to like Larry Dave was kind of like dude. He was like laughing out loud at the table. Like it was a little <laughs> bit of a different kind of energy where it felt like work. Yeah, it was yeah. a little bit. Chris is a little bit more like yeah. So that makes me ask that sketch with Chris and Dave. How many people does it take to write a Chris and Dave now, sketch? Now that sketch is almost and that sketch is a, a like perfect example of the week 
that sketch was completely different Wednesday than it ended up being. <laughs> because you thought that Hillary was going to win. Because, yeah, so, like, they had to completely retool that sketch and make what it different. The and they added it. I think the initial premise, it was it was a Tucker, Tucker and Neil wrote it. I think the initial premise... I don't even, you have to ask me, I don't even remember the initial, but it was so far from what it ended up being that it. Well, I actually like that bit. I love it. It, it, nah, killed. it was, it was great. And it was hella black, but you said two, and two white, but two white dudes wrote that? It's Tucker. Yeah, well, I, I mean, don't know what Tucker is. Neil Brennan and well, Neil, Brian Tucker. They, they white, but that's what's they're, up. They're that's, very white, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're. <laughs> <laughs> they know, I mean, they know what time it is. But it, no, I know they, 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 they know, I know. They get a pass some days, but yeah, that was. Like Tucker, Tucker and I write Black Jeopardy together. <laughs> so oh, no, okay. To give you an idea of right. how no, I get it. His sense of he's from North Carolina. He's got like a what? Got, what, what city is he from? I don't know where he's from. As I'm saying that, I'm like, well, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know what city. Right. He, Giving I him think, the pass and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, yeah, I don't know what city, but definitely North Carolina. Oh, okay. Speaking so, speaking of which, I'm gonna guess chap like around because he's he's a huge uh, UNC fan. So okay, yes, Chapel Hill. That's yeah. Raleigh Durham. Yeah, white yeah, man yeah, yeah. from North Carolina that knows our people. I must look into this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the end game is for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he seems nice now. Yeah, I don't know. It could change. <laughs> speaking speaking of which, speaking of which, um, it just hit me right now. That you, Michael, mm-hmm. are probably the the first uh, black uh, cast member of of that show to really not have to endure the is he going to be the next Eddie? Uh, oh, that's a really syndrome. good point. No, I yeah, I've never. Yeah, I was I was never chasing a ghost on that show. I think the well, you're chasing a different ghost though because I had you were introduced Seth. through Weekend Update. Yeah, yeah, I had to chase. Seth was my ghost, which was like wow. terrible. You know <laughs> yeah, what I so mean? Probably for you is like surviving Weekend Update as opposed to will I make a 100 million dollar Paramount movie deal once I get off the show? When so. I first got to the show, I was like I was the only black writer on the show. When I first, my first, my first year, but that's why I don't like. It, it's so weird when people say, "Oh, you're the first black head writer," and I'm always like, well, "Yeah, well, it wasn't like it was a rule, <laughs> you know." Like, whoa, like whoa, Jackie Robinson me. was the. You're the head writer now. Yeah, that happened like a, this year, right? Shit. Didn't that happen yeah, yeah. on Because it was big that news. Was, uh, it was big news. Uh, that's the crazy thing. I became head writer. I became a guest writer, and Kevin Hart was the host. And when I became head writer, Kevin Hart was the host. Wow. Forgive me. Kevin, I, I Kevin Hart is at, mine. At your, he's your he's top a bag of vans. <laughs> nah, I mean, it's the first black yeah, like, writer for Saturday Night I think Night he's Night. doing it. In order for Kevin Hart to host, I got to get a promotion for some reason. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I was the first, I was there, I was the only writer there, uh, only black writer there. So it's when I came in. It's going to take 30 years for a black woman. I'm sorry, I did that. No, that there, was, there was tons. There was, after that, then Leslie was a writer. Right. And then um, LaKendra uh, Tooks was a, yeah, a writer. Yeah, I was about to say, I there see. Was a few, there was a few black women. I just head part. Oh, head writer? Yeah. I don't know. But, it, like, what, <laughs> so what is what is it, to me, to be the head It's my God, am I about to open this Pandora's box? All I know from what I know, from where I I work, yeah, you know a lot. Being mm-hmm. being the head writer, I, I, our interviewers always act like they don't know shit. Like, you 
He's no, trying, to, he's trying to keep his job. I'm trying to keep my job. <laughs> if she's like, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. No, like, <laughs> I'm just saying that from what I observed, being the head writer is just, I'm not dancing like it, just let me say it. Okay. It's, it's a nightmare because basically it requires you to be the bad cop. Yeah, you got to be the bad cop, but also... Well, head writer is not necessarily the bad cop. That's I feel like produ- Higgins and I feel like the producers are more so the bad cop. Higgins is a bad cop. I mean, they're in the position to be bad. I've cop. never seen Higgins serious a day in his life, and I've known him from nine years. So I, I don't know how it's to comedy serious. You got to understand comedy series. People, are, comedians are so mm-hmm. sensitive, like so sensitive. Yeah. It's like because when you're telling somebody this isn't funny or you're doing it bad you know like it you can't it's hard to recover especially Stay when you're in that room with all yeah. with kate mckinnon and all these motherfuckers so who, that are awesome and comedy is so absolute like it's, it's so either absolute. either the shit funny or it ain't who yeah. breaks, who breaks no the news is the news broken at the table mm, i don't know about this or is it like in later like you, no no well, after like we, in high school you, after we read all of the sketch yeah it's, it's pretty much like basketball the basketball team where they write what made it on the on the door okay wow. and then you, you like run all, and check of, it. all of the sketches are on there and then they circle the ones that's that's going because then you have to go produce your sketch like literally when you find all your sketches picked on on uh, Wednesday night you have to go to production and you go to wardrobe department you go to the hair department you go to the uh, the set department, you go to props, you go to everybody and tell them what you need for your sketch. And they give you like, wow. a, they give you a budget like that's too expensive. If you want an explosion, we can't do that. Like the ones that for y'all videos, do for videos for pre tapes, they right. do. Tell, they don't give you a the number. Pre-tapes. They don't give you a number budget, but they will say, all right, that's a little. We probably can't do that because you know we can't get a real Lamborghini. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. But but I'll, a lot of our stuff they can do. Like they'll if it's good, they'll. That's when Lauren comes in. That's when he's like. No, you know what? Fuck that. We're doing it, and then that's you know he's always on the side of the show, which is the makes it a lot easier. Side question: All right, you said then Lauren has to come in. Yeah. So, well, damn. Now you're the parent. So what if it's okay? Say my I'm a writer there, and I'm asking you, Dad, Mm -hmm. hypothetically, Mm -hmm. Dad, can I? And you're like, and you somehow diplomatically or whatever tell me, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Has there ever been a at dinner? Lauren, I really had this yeah. this idea that I think and then like you gotta sneak it to Higgins and Lauren Lauren and then like going over your head. The way the system is well nothing see, I don't have a an agenda, so nothing you don't have to go over my head. If you, I don't I don't mean you per se, but right, like right, has right. there been cases of where a writer or a cast member like kind of goes on the, the head writer's back to go. I feel like what when like we don't have an agenda. So when a writer will come up to us or whatever and tell us like about a sketch they want to do or an idea that they have or whatever, if we think it might be like a disaster, we'll be like, well, I mean, we'll try to kind of redirect the idea. But at the end of the day, you got the computer. You write it, you put the script out. If it plays at the table, everybody hears it at the same time. If it plays and seems like something that can be done, then that's your argument. You know what I mean? But yo, it worked. It killed. Why is this not going on? Then they might go to Lauren after that. But Lauren is Lauren makes that decision. 
is it wise to we help him, but he makes that decision ultimately of what we sh- what should be produced and what's what shouldn't be produced. Is it wise to choose a partner? Like if you come in there on your own, like mm-hmm. I'm a lone writer. Yeah. Is it wise for me to say, okay, so Kate McKinnon is being used a lot more than blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. So, you know, hey Kate, I got an idea for you, or let's write a thing together. Yeah. It becomes it, that's the first move. Got <laughs> click it. Sound like high school. That's, so the, that's, the, that's the first move usually. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know who's the barbershop chair that no one wants to go to. The guy that does you know <laughs> cut number five. Yeah. That's a, that, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's how how also it becomes a chemistry thing. It also becomes like because you got to think you're in a room with this person. So if you can't get along with somebody or you yeah. think they're weird, like you don't want to be in there trying to. But that's my question. All right, uh, now I hate to throw you under the bus. So he hasn't Steve said one Sor- word. <laughs> John Lovitz, he loves him. Steve, that's all you, you can stop time. right now before you throw me under the no, bus. No, there is still you, time. Don't want to. There's still time. Steve is kind of the resident Oscar the Grouch at at thirty on on the sixth floor. No. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, but like like a lovable grump, you know. Gotcha. People, no, everyone loves Steve, but it's like a lovable grump. But the thing is, is that what if you have the goods as a writer, mm-hmm. but you might have an opioid addiction? Don't have the vehicle? Or, or don't, uh, or no, he just said oh, If you're an opioid asshole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, don't, don't fill oh, in that yeah. blank, Afonte. Let that alone. Like, he got it. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like what if that. person, this guy's funny, but. I can write, but he loved him hydrocodones. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. You know, yeah. like. No, yeah, I mean that happens too. I mean, like that's, it's it is political, like like anything else would be. You know, a lot of it just becomes, you know, that's when the producers kind of step in because they, you know, they kind of go around and they find out what everybody's writing. Hey, what are you guys working on? What are you working on? Okay, oh, that'll be good. Oh, we need more tape. Or we need more this, whatever. So in those discussions, they realize, hey, this cast member is not being written for as much or whatever. So maybe you know, and then we'll kind of like, okay, well, we'll. What could be something that they can do? And then you make sure that you have coverage. You kind of make sure everybody has a shot at the table. Everybody has something at the table. So do you feel a... That's something that becomes a responsibility when, as a head writer and as a producer that maybe you didn't even think about as a regular writer. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts, there's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. 
the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about Indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So when you're a head writer, what's the difference between being well, a head Well, yeah, head writer, you're kind of, you know, you're, it's more decision-making. Okay. It's more, it's more decision-making, yeah. Do you, do you feel a, well, I guess we all feel pressure as black people, but do you feel a pressure in this sort of unspoken tug of war battle to make where you work reflective of where America is now as opposed to the comfort zone that SNL was associated with. Like, I, I can assume, Laia, that you're not an avid, no. obsessive SNL no. watcher. Is Drake going to be on there? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just, so, Drake, is awesome. or, or when Drake they, was an awesome host as well. He is, and, yeah. and all right, that's an update, because not for nothing, I do. Right, I, no, I awesome. get it. If I see me, I'm on, I'm on it. But, right, right. see, but I, lastly, I respect the institution of comedy, so I'd watch it regardless. Mm-hmm. But I will say that now that, I think now that they're aware that, okay, we have to be more inclusive of. Now that they were forced and pressured. About a few years ago, with the hire of two black ladies, yeah, right. I, but I also feel it's like you know you have to reflect w- what America truly is. Like there's no hiding it anymore, as right. it used yeah. to be. Well, I it's so funny you say that because I was just talking to somebody at the show about this yesterday, and I always feel like when people bring up diversity, they always bring up just like different colors of people that think the same, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I kind of like the idea. I kind of like the tension in the show of, of people having different beliefs and people kind of having different. That's what makes it a variety show. That's what makes it something. So, I, I, you know, I kind of I like personally just kind of writing stuff that's a little bit against what maybe people think a liberal comedy show should be or whatever, because we're really not a liberal show. We're a variety show. We're supposed to be what America is, and America isn't one thing. America isn't all on the left. And I apologize, because I forgot that Michael now is the head writer, which I should have been writing, watching ever since they made that announcement, because now I can, because I know there's a voice that's higher up making decisions. Oh, yeah, I mean, what I'm saying, the idea of Black Jeopardy (laughs) probably probably wouldn't have flown, but it was so authentic and so good. I was like, it's honest. Is it for me? And some, you know, y'all like... Yeah, I hear you laughing, Amir, like that sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where I'm laughing louder than 
the people that slept 10 hours on the sidewalk to, to watch Taylor <laughs> Swift perform. It, like, is there ever a concern? You just that- said a very interesting thing, by the way. <laughs> what? You just said a very interesting thing, that, oh. which, which makes our show so unique, is that our show we never know who our audience is going to be. Mm. Our show could be all Taylor Swift fans. Our show, so like, I, I got to do North Korea jokes for the people that came to see the One Direction. It might not work the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. your sketch, whatever. You could have a political sketch for, for you know, the Bruno Mars fan, whoever, and, or, or vice versa. You know, you could have yeah. kind of a, uh, you know. I feel like the musical act dictates, di- dictates. Uh, the musical act. What, what audience is going to be there? Typically, because music <laughs> fans are a little bit different than actor fans, you right. know. So the host, the host usually has a fan base of you know it's recognizable, but the music is the motherfuckers that's camping out. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, you know, it's just different. You never know who they're there to see. When John Stewart does his show, they're there to see John Stewart or Colbert, or Jimmy. Like they're there to see Jimmy. You know, so it's it's a little bit different for us because the star of the show is our cast and our host. And then and when Kevin comes, know. it's like all of Black America swoop down. There's certain there's certain black shows that we have that's like oh boy my phone's about to be <laughs> crazy right. yeah. yeah like Glover it was like oh shit really yeah 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 Donald Glover um um Drake of course Drake of course Kevin Hart of course any Chappelle forget about it it was what was it Chappelle and Tribe. I was shocked. Oh, I got Tiffany that Haddish for yeah. not, not for nothing. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish I got a lot of I got a lot of calls for Tiffany. You watch? Yeah. I just forget. Yeah, I, I I was shocked I got in a few of those. Like, yeah. it's my dream to actually be an intern there. So that way. <laughs> no, I'm dead Never serious. Miss a show. <laughs> like, for me, like, Higgins is like, no, Amir, you can't come to the pitch meetings. But <laughs> I I just want to see how pitch meetings are just so I can figure out how that machine runs. But you have a 30 Rock show in you. You know that? There's like a whole show in that building that you could just host. I, you know, we talk about that all the time. Like, what happens? Out of the show is actually that's a show. more funnier and interesting than you know the shows that are produced there. Is it a pressure for a Lauren Michaels produced movie? Like, what's the process? Because it feels like Lauren only really produces the movies that his people are in. But is there pressure, or is there like, okay, I know this is an added incentive that I might get him behind it, so I need to write something? Is there or, pressure to make one? Yeah. Oh, um, I I'm never really I, I'm never really into. Anything like that. Like, I'm always like, what if I have a good idea, how do we execute the idea? And I think it, it comes from doing that's SNL so for so long. It's just like, if I have an idea that's, a, if it's a sketch, I'm like, oh, this will probably be better as a live sketch, or this will probably be better as a pre-tape, or this will probably be better as a sitcom script, or this will probably be better as a movie. Like, that's, whatever it is to execute it is how how I go by it. See, it's weird. To, to hear you talk, you're so nonchalant about yeah. it. That it's like, hey, you know, that. I, whereas, like, when 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 Pharaoh was there, mm-hmm. there was always like the the hope of tomorrow. Like, okay, no, this is gonna be my chance. <laughs> this is gonna be my moment. You know, that's it, not how comedy works, man. You know but that. How do you, but the thing is, is that for you to just get in the comedy less than eleven, twelve years ago, like, how do you have this sage like? Because I enjoy it. You're like in the moment. Most people don't 
they're not in the moment. I, they're working for the next they're one. Looking for I'm the next in the one. moment yeah. because I enjoy the moment. Like I, this is fun for me. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like this is you know like this is this right here is fun and producing something is fun and right being in the writing room is fun. So I'm not in a rush to leave or do something else if I'm having fun doing this. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people are always kind of trying to find that next thing. Once yeah. they get it, it's not it's not fun, and they're like, well, what's the yeah, other what's thing? The next year, yes. I enjoy this part of it. You so know? now that we know that you're not in a rush to do things which is why we haven't seen you in too many projects but however I don't like yeah, I, when we saw you in top five I was like okay so this I had a whole scene it, it <laughs> fucking cut I'm on the I'm on the director's floor I don't know I'm still mad at Chris about that but shit but you did it which is like oh, that's, 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 that's XM Radio yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. oh you did yeah. it you was I in the was. interview I was yeah. I had a whole thing it was like me and Chris like a one on one scene I'm telling him to go to the projects and then <laughs> and then but Watching the movie as like somebody that like has to make those decisions, I'm like, see why I got cut. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that was a stupid transitional scene that you did not need or whatever. But I was still mad that I that I was cut. But what was that like in that scene with all of those people at that one time? Because you know when he went back to the projects and it was like you, Sherry Shepard, it was uh, Chris. Chris dissed the shit out of me in that, during that what you call it. It was hilarious. He goes, <laughs> we were because I remember in that that XM studio that scene. It's me, him, and Rosario. And Rosario, I have, I'm like starstruck by, you know, just Rosario Dawson. And I'm like, holy shit, this is Rosario. And she's like nice, where you're like, oh my God, I think I think she loves me. Anytime I... <laughs> she does that to everybody. Exactly. She's just like a nice person that happens to be beautiful. Like, this beauty, she must love me. She was super nice. And then... Uh, she was she was like, uh, where are you from? Because she's from Lower East Side too. So we was talking about like the Lower East Side, and she's like, have I met you before? And I'm like, I, I don't I don't think so. And that's all Chris heard. You don't think so? <laughs> you don't know if you met Rosario Dawson or not? <laughs> I don't know. And everybody's just dying. Like, have you met Beyonce? Can you remember that nigga? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's real though. Like and I'm like on set, like and action, like I don't know what I'm doing, man. Just get me out of here. Just give me my Uber pull back. <laughs> so wait, what was your reaction when they told you we want you to try a weekend update? Hmm. My reaction was no. Initially. You said no? Initially. I mean it was like I it was, it was the same reaction I had to host the Emmys where I'm like, I don't want to do that. You said no. But could you collectively feel all of black America? <laughs> watching you to make sure that you no, delivered. No, I never really, I never thought it'd be that. I never thought, I always thought if you if you let me talk, if you let me say what I want to say, somebody's going to notice what I'm saying because I just like to say shit like that. You know, that's like since kindergarten. But on Weekend Update, the format was so rigid that it took me like maybe two seasons to even feel like I could say what I wanted to say mm -hmm. just because it was it was already it's such a set formula that we were doing I always feel like there's like um anybody in TV has like there's like a stepdad period for a lot of people that's replacing somebody so a lot of times the audience is going to reject you anyway like a stepdad just because you're not just because you're yeah. not that mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's I think I saw like Trevor go through it you see I saw you know um Steve Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Stephen Colbert certainly was. You know, just it's just it's not Letterman, mm -hmm. so I don't like it because it's not Letterman. It's like yeah, but that's Stephen Colbert. It's like, right. but it's not Letterman. You get over it eventually. You know what I mean? Huh? 
you get over you it. Start after a while. Like right now, you two are my favorite combo. And I'm like, who's Polar and uh, Faye? I, well, I don't know. That's because when you when you when you start doing when you start doing you, when you start doing it, they, they realize, well, okay, he's not good. dad's not coming back. Tina Tina <laughs> right. is not coming back. Yeah. We gotta to figure out what we like about these guys. <laughs> and we're getting pretty used to that role changing like every decade, I feel like. Yeah. Or so. Like Dennis Miller to But uh, you have to make it yours. Right. There was a point, there was like a turning point for me on the show where I was like, if I didn't show up to work and someone else did this job, no one would care. Because there's nothing that I'm saying that only I can say. Mm. And that was how I started writing. I was like, well, what can I say that nobody else can say? Do you write and, Weekend and now, Update or does someone else? Now, just now I write. At first, I didn't write any of it. Oh. For like a season, I didn't oh. write any of it. Wow. And then, and, now, and Lauren would be like, you need to write it. And I was like, well, I don't. I don't think you realize what I write. You know what I mean? I didn't right. know. Remember in, in Trading Places when they brought Eddie Murphy to the house and he was and they was like, "This is all your stuff." Oh, he's, like, hey, he's like, "All mine." Yeah. And he's still stealing. They're like, "No, you don't understand. Right. You're it's just, you're stealing your stuff." So like that's how I felt at the show. They were like, "Just take control Ooh. of it," and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Hey, what should I say next? They said, "Take control." Like, no, just say what you want to say. So after a while, I was like sliding one. And then I would be like, oh, I'm not, okay. And I slide in two. And the next thing I know, I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So how much and research do you have to do? Like, do you now have to obsessively watch MSNBC and Fox News and da 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 I don't. To- everybody is, everybody prides themselves that, everybody that does my job or my type of job prides themselves to being the smartest guy in the room. I try to take the perspective of the guy that does that's the smartest guy in the room that doesn't know anything about what's going on. <laughs> like I try my grandmother's my comedy influence when it comes to weekend update. Where I'm like, if I told my grandmother what happened, what would her reaction be? Her reaction be? Immediate, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's how you get cheap cracker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like <laughs> that's how you get that though. It's just like a what's the what do people who don't watch the news all the time think when they hear this shit? What's like the kind of lowest common yeah. denominator of where's that connection and that's kind of where I write from but you know that's my thing and then Colin does the other thing and then it it, so jump into the Emmys um how long does well it's August now and when are when are they we just had our first we just had a meeting yesterday not our first meeting but we had a meeting a meeting yesterday how big your team we're gonna. It's gonna be fun. I think. Will it be the SNL team that you work with? Are you working with the? Is there an Emmy team? We got. A, we got a few ringers, but we got a lot of SNL people, and you know, we kind of got a good balance. I think. Wow. Does it require? Fun, like, are you? You know, are you entertaining? Uh, you know, Spirit Fingers musical opening, or is it just <laughs> like? Yeah. There might be some elements of music and stuff. We want it to feel like SNL is hosting the Emmys, but oh, okay. while still keeping the integrity of the Emmys. You know, like we don't want to kind of spoof it or lampoon it, but. Is it me or me thinks Lauren also got a special relationship with the Emmys? Because, like, in retrospect, you think about the Tina Amy, like, a lot of alums have kind of hosted that as well. Well, the way they did, well, Tina and Amy did Golden Globe. They, they did Golden right, Globe. Right, you're right. They, they rotated through the networks, okay. the, the Emmys. So, like, this, uh, year, this year's NBC NBC's year's year. Okay. So, when NBC has it, I think it's been Jimmy, and it's been Seth. Yeah, Jimmy was, like, four years ago. And, and Seth's Seth. done it before. Do you have a favorite host so far? Like, for award show? No, any award show. Have you watched an award show once you was, like, 
Yo. I like Tina and Amy a lot. Okay. I think they I think I love what they do together. I think they're they're really good and I think I think they're two people that when they do it, they can do what only they can do. You know I was, what I mean? Like it's you can't just have two two random people do the same act. Oh, yeah. I was I was gonna say since it's such a staple where you know you have the, the pizza delivery guy in the audience thing, mm-hmm. you should just Take him to like Roscoe's or something. <laughs> I would love. I would love to put. Some, I got. We got a couple tricks of us. Okay. <laughs> we got a couple tricks of us sleeves that we were talking about that could be really fun. I'll tell you. I can't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't kill me. But but you gonna have to. You gonna need some cue cards because you don't watch TV. So all those people in the audience. We got cue cards and we got what you call it too. Teleprompter. Yeah. Oh, hopefully yeah. We'll, we'll, we we got to figure all of that out though because you can't show the cue cards on TV. So actually, by the time this airs, this it, it will have. Emmys. Wait, when is the air date again for the Emmys? I think late September. Like, yeah, like I think nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be on right in time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoil it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> nah, no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't so, know. Like Mario Wannis. <laughs> I don't want to know. Talk about that. So, that that is one of the most unlikely hit songs. I didn't. I didn't get. It. I was like, this shit is a hit. Y'all really Yo, like this fucking song. Yeah. I love Mario. This, really? This I would Nick, braid his hair. Is that your favorite? Is that your favorite whining? whining? That's Mario Wines. I think about Mario Wario. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Oh, no. Nah. So any any plans for uh, uh, any other stand up specials or? Yeah, I'm working on a special now. But I, I another one that I think is weird. I feel like specials are just. Not really, because so many people have specials that it's almost like, yeah, it's not one, special. Uh, but you, you already get some of that anymore. Netflix money, right? Yeah, it gave that, me so. a little. It yeah. was, it was okay. They didn't, they didn't Monique me. Hey, I about to say they did Monique. <laughs> they didn't Monique me. They did. They took care of me a little bit. Um, but uh, it's, it's not even so much. I don't know. I just feel. I don't. I always like to go against the ground. Everybody's going one way. I kind of want to go another way. I was thinking of doing something a little bit different. Um. Everybody seems to be trying to do stuff a little bit more conceptual now. Mm-hmm. That's you know, just because they're trying to stand out. But I don't know. It's just specials are just weird. Like we, when you have access to um, producing them, when it's when it's not like four. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was like four specials would come out a year. Like yeah, you waited for Chris Rock yeah. special because that was mm-hmm. one of three specials that you were going to get to see, or Cat Williams or whatever. And that's kind of why they were so big and when the special came on repeat it was that one so mm-hmm. everybody kind of knew it and i feel like now there's Every 10 a week have you, you seen know? the front page of netflix it's like who oh oh yeah, oh, oh a millennial comedian a millennial nasty comedian uh, yeah yes yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a lot and that, not just netflix it's just it's everywhere yeah. but the cool thing that i do like about netflix though not just because they paid me last but they <laughs> people tend to watch multiple in a row right. so like a, like when dave's special comes out mm-hmm. i get a lot of hits about mm-hmm. my special right because i'm like oh so you they saw dave and it was yeah. like if you like that oh, you like, like this black guy and yeah <laughs> right. yeah and then they'll, they'll kind of throw you in the album so it is cool because the people that are going like looking for one guy will you know discover a lot more so that is that is a, a benefit but for me I, I just think conceptually to make people talk about it it can't just be did you hear his did you see his special? It's got to be like, did you see this thing about that? You know, it's got to be a little bit more. I like seeing you interact with people on the involved. street. I think that's dope, too. Yeah. That's dope. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I don't get to do that a lot anymore, yeah. but they don't let me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they, yeah, they don't really, yeah. So are you. Head writer, dude, you got to take it. I know, I got to start, yeah, I got to start dragging my nuts. Man, I want to ask you, I always want to ask you, 
How did what was your reaction when the text from old girl hit the net? <laughs> yo, uh, my nigga. I just wanted to dap you up from real. I dap you up real like, yo, yeah. the way you handled that shit, yeah. I was like, word the fuck up. Yeah, Michael we was all uh, here's what happened. Get that bitch up out of here. So right. I got hit up by page six on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Literally, she was like, Hey, we got this uh this lady that's been saying that you did XYZ to her and you know, you 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 were really mean and rude and nasty and she we're gonna run the story. Do you have any comment? And she showed me the story she was gonna run. And it was just basically co-signing it. I was a piece of shit that I was like, did this, you know, like just from texting. And I was like, none of that shit happened. Like I have every text. And it's not even that I save text, it's just that I never delete text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think to, you know? Right. So I was like, yo, I I found her number and I was like, this is every interaction I've ever had with her. And I'm not even gonna tell you my side. I'll let you tell me my yeah. side. And then she was like, okay, can I use these? And I was like, yeah. I'm thinking she means use a quote. I didn't know she, she was going to print, print the <laughs> fucking screenshots that I sent her. So it looked way, it looked like I was trying to outdo But I was like, no, I was really just showing her, thinking that she was going to quote one line or two or whatever and say, well, this is bullshit. Or even or take it to her editor and be like, hey, we can't run this story. Mm-hmm. And then they ran it. And then it kind of, I almost wish I didn't say anything about it because then maybe it just would have went away. Yeah. But I also think... If that shit would have ruined me, like in the climate of Me Too and mm-hmm. the climate of, you know, uh, of harassment, I would have never been able to defend myself if I didn't have those messages. No, oh, no, no, no. Now you, I would have been fried. I appreciate you for clapping back. I, I, I would have been the, fried. I was like, word the fuck up, Michael Trey. You still on radio, though? No. That was my, that, I learned my lesson. You, you still single? Yeah. That's why you're not I mean, wait, that was a red yeah. wait, wait, when's this come out? Oh, because. Oh, is you planning on not being? Okay, like, wait, 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 something about to change? Yeah, what? <laughs> wait, that was a Raya fell? That was a Raya fell. Okay, so what is Raya? I'm what is, still on the waiting list. Raya is bullshit. a. That Raya is like a, tinder, tinder a celebrity. For yes. Yeah, okay. it's a celebrity uh, uh, Tinder. Okay, it's rich. It's a status it's Tinder. Rich nigga yeah, Tinder. Yeah. All right, cool. Not necessarily or rich, status. just status. Handsome and wealthy. It's the same shit. No, you have to be. Nah, it's Mike. Nah, same. you have to be accepted. That's yeah, a different but thing. You know, like how you go to the halal cart and one's got a long line and one doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's the same fucking meat. <laughs> it's the same shit. It's just one got a line, one don't. Well, obviously, gotcha. yeah, from the result. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. really? I mean, look, it's the same shit. I didn't know that was a Raya fail. The only thing I liked about Raya though was that you can't screenshot. On the app. Really? Well, yeah, they oh, warn you. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they be like, First Yo. time I did it, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. warning, warning. Yeah. Like, oh, damn. You can't, you can't scream. So what, is, so what is the ray of, and I'm, I'm curious. So it's, it's a, sp- I mean, I it's a spot, it. it's a spot that like, you know, I might see Demi Lovato's real join. I might see, you know, like I see peers like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Singers, uh, Seven Street, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's. Basically, a tender where you'll see more writers, people with shit to lose. Right, exactly. There you go. I got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like okay, yeah. Cupid and I'm, I'm plenty of. Fish I think my account's still up and shit. So, damn. So if you're looking for a side piece, nah, I got. I had to get rid of that immediately. <laughs> yeah. And then what really hurt me too was you know Dan Soda, very funny comedian. Uh, Dan Soda, um, he's a, he's a writer on uh, Billions, the show Billions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I told them about Rhea because, like a while ago. And so he wrote it in the show and he was like Michael Chase on it on the show. Aha. So people that watch Billions. Because I watch Billions. Yeah, there's like an episode where somebody says Michael Chase on Raya. 
And I was like, you motherfucker. So now people are like, are you really on Raya? Oh, so, so now I'm like associated with Raya. They need to throw me some money yeah, or something like cut, that. Cut my man Michael Chase. Between, between that and that, and that chick, I, I, I gave Raya a lot of business. I'm certain. <laughs> that Jesus. is hilarious. Yeah, your, your IG is some of the most dangerous comedy I've. They don't. <laughs> I've ever seen. I, I feel, feel like you use it because you know it'll be going in twenty four hours. I, sometimes less. I delete it. Sometimes even quicker. <laughs> it's just fun. So I, you leave your comments open for them for people to. My messages I leave open and I like screen cap and I answer it. I like it better than Twitter because on Twitter, like they could take you, they can yeah. just at you and then they get your whole followers to yeah. read all of that mm-hmm. shit. And this, I get to select. I get to pick what I want people to see oh, and what I don't want people I never to saw see. That. Yeah. Yeah, a motherfucker could like oh. at you, and then everybody that follow that read your shit, they they see that. That's yeah. why they say the wild, crazy shit to you, so that they could be attached to, it, and then the motherfuckers they use your own thing. I never thought of that, Michael. Jones. I don't like it. Yeah. Speaking of dangerous comedy, were you at SNL when uh, when Louis C.K. did the monologue, the child? <laughs> yeah. How did that shit go? Like, how did that come about? I mean, it, at that point, it was still Louis. You know, it was still like everyone loved Louis, so. <laughs> He could kind of, you know, like, that's the ill thing about comedy for me is it's not so much what it is, it's who can do it, mm-hmm. you know? Kind of like the Richard Pryor thing. Like, it, it's not so much what he's saying, it's that he's saying it in the in that, you know in what I mean? Context, yeah. In that format that you're like, damn, that's bold, you know? So, like, for Louis to come on national TV <laughs> and say some <laughs> shit like fucking kids must be good, <laughs> <where> you're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like on network, this is the first thing we're seeing. This yeah. is this is That's supposed to make opening. us watch the rest of the show. <laughs> it's just bold. It's just like fun to watch just on that, you know, like you that you're even willing to try that. But that's one of the dope things about our show is that that's where you can do that. That's so where was you that can, like a writer's room that came up with that stuff? Or no, that was him. That was yeah. him. That was him. So that was Louis. Stand ups usually will work out their monologue the whole week. Um, and do know, they have do the to run it by shit. y'all before, or we see it? The first time we see it is okay. usually uh, dress rehearsal. They don't even do it through run through. They'll do it at dress rehearsal with a live audience because telling jokes to to nobody is like yeah. very demoralizing because you have to hear the laughs. You know what I mean? It's just like I, yeah, they do that a lot at Thirty Rock. Someone has to go through their routine to an empty audience. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I, I remember when I worked at The Daily Show, John would go through, run through, and he would do all of the jokes to just, like, us. Yeah. Yeah, like, maybe 20 of us, maybe 15, 15, 20 of us, and that's how he would guess. What, but then make decisions based on? We would all huddle up right after, and he'd be like, move this, do this, do this, do this, and then we'd have one more meeting with, with a big-ass whiteboard, and... That was the show. John was a motherfucker. <laughs> like, I never seen anybody that kind of knew the audience reaction before the audience knew it wow. better than John. He was so good at that. Wow. Wow. And you bounced back and forth? Because you said Yeah, you I, went to, I went to The Daily Show. I didn't have, it was just pretty much I didn't have a summer. As soon as SNL wrapped, I went straight to The Daily Show. And as soon as The Daily Show, as soon as SNL came back, I went straight back to SNL. That's great. Was that John's last season? Or that was like- John's last season. It was like maybe... Three, four months before he left. I didn't know he was leaving, though. Ah, okay. I had no idea. 
Yes, that's both Johns, right? Or no, 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 no. When I remember, like one of my last weeks, he was giving Trevor the tour to come in as like a correspondent. Mm. Ah, mm. <laughs> quote, right. yeah. He is. was like a special quote. He was like kind of doing what Wilmore was gonna be doing. Ah, okay. I mean, remember what Wilmore used to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what he. It, I like that was kind of how it was presented. It was like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, Trevor's gonna, you know. But he do knew that. otherwise, though, right? I don't know. I don't think he did. Okay. I don't think he. I don't think he did because I think for a while they wasn't sure who it was gonna be, and then they decided Trevor before they decided Trevor. That's what I know. I don't. I don't know. I never really talked to Trevor about it though. TV funny, so, like everybody else's job. Yeah. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again, the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances, and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking forward to uh, season forty? What is it? Forty two now. This is forty. This will be forty four. Jesus Christ! This is our Obama year. Wow, yeah. you're right. Do, are you are you looking forward to it, or is it like I am in Obama year, Michael? I think that <laughs> Obama year during the Trump I think, administration. I think that this one's gonna be a fun one, honestly, because I feel like everybody's kind of hawking out. I think like Kate McKinnon's is, is a superstar. Leslie's. You know, star, and I think I think like this is gonna be like a fun season where everybody kind of starts to. I think like it's not as Trump heavy 
anymore. How not? You sure? How do you do that? I don't think it will be. If he's still like, making the expect, material. Do you, yeah, do you... I mean, not that if you expect impeachment action or whatever, midterms. I'm, I am I have faith that something will happen in the midterms. You so, do? <laughs> right. I don't. Right. Something will happen, either more collusion or the House will turn I don't over. think they got him. You don't think they got him yet? I don't think they got him. But it's almost weird because it's like you know, for dude, you to like, thrive. When you about like two, you see two dudes about to fight, and they they say like the dude that's taking off the most clothes don't want to fight. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what Mullen. I don't think they. I don't think they want it. I don't think they got it. Well, I don't. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm though. in the minority with that. I'll, I'll say that, but I just I think they would have did it by now. Well, as a black person, I gotta have faith in something, man. Something <laughs> possible. <laughs> how long? But how long? See, I'm not the biggest history buff. How long did Watergate take? How long was that? Not this really? long. Not, it wasn't this long. Nine no. months, because basically Democrats had the House. Like, if we could just get the House, this nightmare could end. You know, but know. we don't have the House. We need okay. we need five. So, but. It's. I'm just saying that either way, like if if he continues, that's technically good for you per se. If Trump continues, I mean, because I feel in terms of material, you this mean? is like SNL being what is the joke? A cultural zeitgeist. No, 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 no. We could say <laughs> that no one. But said. It, the thing is, is that you guys Depends are more. You guys are more digestible. Like for me, Weekend Update is actually a news program now because that scares me. I know, nah. I, no, I watch real news, but it's y'all been be that, on, no, y'all no, be on seriously, topic. it's yeah, it's yeah. no, no, no. Comics are more the way y'all present it is in a way that's more digestible. I mean, than. you don't realize that every every diatribe that you do on Weekend Update winds up being a heavily passed around. Uh, yeah, but I understand it on clip on, on that on that front, but I'm saying. There's stuff I feel like we could do on Weekend Update that isn't necessarily Trump. That's way more important. Like I watch like the real estate that Oliver has, or I watch the real estate that even Trevor has. But I mean, they do. He does his show every day, so it's a little bit less fair to say to compare it. But you know, like there's there's a lot of important shit that we could be talking about that this motherfucker he's is taking up he's real just estate right yeah, there and it's like right. really I gotta talk about his wife now god no, damn right. talk about Martin Zuckerberg <laughs> you know all that yeah. like, there's but so the much is, shit I don't think it's even Trump specific but I feel as though right. the domino effect of like we definitely would not have Me Too if it weren't for the Trump administration that I feel I don't feel there's as, a lot of things yes think so? I agree with you I don't think so I mean, because it would nah, have happened right. during the Obama era. Because remember what happened on Inauguration Day, a women's march. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, against gotcha. everything yeah. that he stood for. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. whatever he stands for, then it's like, we're going to sort of seek it out and everyone else other than him and make them pay for what he represents. Because we can't get him out the paint. Yeah. So even <laughs> if you don't have to talk about him specifically, I mean, we're gonna, right. you're going to talk about immigration, which is a result of him. You're going to talk about Me Too. He's right. Everything is a result. result. Even the ba- the banks and getting the access to our Facebook. That's his fault. I'm going to blame him. Yeah. But you're going to have Zuckerberg jokes. and <laughs> the, way, the, way update, the way update is delegated, it's, you know, it's about four minutes and then a three-minute feature and then, you know what I mean, three minutes and then maybe a three-minute feature and, and you know so it's like the real estate that we have 
to be able to talk about, and then it's between two people, so you cut that. It's like it's almost like like income. <laughs> like you got to cut that in half, and then you go. You know right. what I mean? Like so, there's, there's you get two minutes. Like you pretty much, I pretty much get four minutes to talk about everything I want to talk about in the week, and some of right. it has to be Trump. So it's like, how do you not talk? Like if this motherfucker is tweeting Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, which happens, it, I can almost set my clock to this motherfucker. He tweets Saturday at like <laughs> eight in the morning, between anywhere between seven and eleven in the morning. I gotta look at it. We gotta relook at all of the jokes that we have. Figure out, all right, well, what develop is this more important than this? What do we have to? So, like, we have all our jokes on the table. We be we gotta lift shit. All right, this is this is not even important anymore. This feels weird to say this. By the time you know midnight comes, this is like gonna be old news. So it, it's just exhausting. But I, not even so much update specific. I just mean show wise. I think that. People have seen the impression. People have seen us go through. Yeah. We they've what seen us cover there it. Yeah. There's not. A, so I feel like this is going to be a year where we maybe take it to the next level of just creatively of different things that's possible with our cast and not let this motherfucker dominate our. Maybe you take the lead and the news will follow. That's what I'm I hoping. mean. You know, it's not just me. It's not up to me. It's also up. Well, to I mean, as a show, like because the news is doing the same thing that you're saying. Y'all right, trying to right, stay right. away from like MSNBC, right. CNN. It's all the same all the time. His name, so yeah. And he uh, knows, and he's he's playing it like an instrument, man. Yes, he, he, knows. Is. he knows. He knows exactly it. when yes, to say some crazy shit about LeBron. He knows oh, exactly yeah, when baiting. to say something. Yeah, he knows when. He knows when to dominate. Motherfucker knows how to controlling the 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 news source and everybody's guilty because we all think it's interesting we all want the clout you know like we all want to have the the witty perfect thing to say about what he's saying <laughs> and it's just like dude you don't realize yeah you're, you're, <laughs> making you're the just playing bigger. along you yeah. know like you're really just you don't get it the Hollywood star fame people, they already took the lead. They said, just take it away. So it won't be no debate, no argument. Yeah. Just take oh, it away. Oh, they took the star away? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, good. Wait, so speaking of distraction, um, in, in wrapping up this episode. Um, this was fun as hell, by the way. Oh, Thank you. Man. I enjoyed it. I, I, yeah, this was, thanks for letting me uh, come up here. You're welcome. I, I have to say, uh, dude, you have to make more Willie. <laughs> sketches you don't know look I have three YouTube mixes on my private YouTube page one's all Michael uh, one's all Soul Train the other is Willie so compilation who, so is Willie who is Willie is, is uh. this this I'm I'm probably the no no it's it's funny as shit it's it's a character that Michael's written written for Kenan Thompson. Oh, with the yeah, oh, wow. the curve. Okay. He yeah. what? How would you he's describe? The most, he's the Willie? most optimistic. He's my uh, the most optimistic guy I know. He's my neighbor. He always sees the bright side of everything, okay. but he just has the worst life ever. So <laughs> <laughs> every it's really sad. He's like been involved with. It's it's he really sounds so familiar. Like you know, yeah, he has the worst luck on. Earth. He has the worst luck on nerve, and uh, he's always trying to cheer me up. And he just keeps using examples. Wait, of Willie's life. based on a real person? No. Oh, phew. Willie. Saying. Willie's not based on a real person. I, might but... have, I think I, I had an uncle, Delmar, who was sort of like that. <laughs> and this is an SNL sketch. This is yeah. this is you. Okay. This but is a weekend update. He's a he's an update character. The punchline is always like 
he'll always say, hey, it's like they always say, and he'll come up with an idiom, but he doesn't realize, he doesn't realize that, you know, it's like they always say, hey, Willie, what did I tell you about coming in while I'm fucking your mama? Or like, right, it's, like, it's always that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the bit y'all did. It was what, uh, the weekend update. The, war, the one, the only, it was only one that got cut that was like way too rough. A Willie? Oh, A Willie yeah. where he goes, uh, it's like I told Martin Luther King, you can smoke outside. They're like, you can't do that. So, okay, so, what, so what's yes. the line in that? So, like, where, where is the line? I mean, why is that? And that it. one, oh man, we for Willie. Well, I don't know with Willie. We we had him say some wild shit, man. Were they afraid of like? Kickback from Black I think Lives that, Matter. I think Keenan was like, I don't want to do that one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no. right. But yeah. that's Willie. You can smoke that's out on the balcony. Funny. You can smoke oh, yeah. on the balcony, man. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking that funny. That was like the craziest one where we was like, oh, I don't know. We had him, uh, a, a graduation one where he was like, it's like my class told me when I left the school, you locked us in with the shooter, Willie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's just like, I yeah. Gotta yeah, are y'all ever I, gonna do it? Is, 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 Keenan, are y'all gonna do any more? Uh, what up with that? Is that what's up with that? The that thing about what up with that, that is, uh, Jason, Jason Sudeikis, he's not there anymore, ah, and okay. Fred's not there, so it's hard to do. And Bill, Bill Hader, who does, yeah, who uh, does Lindsey Buckingham, Buckingham <laughs> is not there, oh, okay. so like they're gotcha. all gone. So it, they, I think the last time they did who it was the 40th. That? that was that's Tucker. Man, what a Brian that was Tucker. One of my See, look shit. at you, you're a Brian Tucker fan. You ain't even know. I didn't even know. He's black. He's a little blacker than black. I'm about to meet him. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he like black girls. No, that's just that's not the way funny. it go. They stopped there. No, they stopped there. Yeah, they stopped there. Well, yeah. we'll get you a, a riot count. We'll get you a riot count. Get you a riot. Yeah, you might be on riot. You might be on riot. That's right. We were supposed to blind date you and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I gotta February. go now. You late? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see how how it works in five months. In time for Valentine's Day. How's your things going with your boo? Quest Love? Still? My, yeah, I'm still booed up. Oh, okay. Scooby Daddy. Scooby Daddy. Booed up. <laughs> That's beautiful. Right. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're taking. Up. We're our, still winning, sisters. Our, our <laughs> second. I love your code talk. Uh, they, they know what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Laya is very shocked that I'm dating a black woman. Mm-hmm. I've been dating black. She pat her head forever. too, like a, like one of them ones that pat her head and get braids. Yeah. So <laughs> y'all about to take a trip? Jamaican, yes. Brave. We're going. We're going to Hawaii. So. Oh, okay, word up. There tell Shep we said what's up. Yes, I will tell Shep you said hello. Oh shit, Hawaii! I've never been to Hawaii. You gotta go, man. You gotta yeah. go the way I, Amir I, I, goes. I've never so. been on a vacation. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? I will introduce you to Shep Gordon. Yeah, who, who's the you know the vacation whisperer? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would. I would love that. I've you never got, been on an actual. Is that vacation. for real though? You never been on a vacation. I've never been on a plane that wasn't like for a show. Work. Yeah. Since you started doing this. Since I started doing this. That's Since, real. Nah, I, I don't find my that first hard vacation to was what four? When did I first meet Shep Gordon? Four wow. or five years ago. Yeah, my, yeah. Yeah. I think my first one was probably like 2014, 2013. Okay. Well, I'm on, I'm on tap. All right. New York. Well, my is, idea uh, for a vacation though is like to not. Be, have to do anything like if I don't have to pack a bag or I don't have to be anywhere. Oh my! You give me. Yeah, four my granddad used to like say, that. "I can vacation at my house if all y'all motherfuckers leave." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's that's exactly right. It's funny, uh, you know. You know the the group Brockhampton. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of roots Generation Z or whatever. Um, they. 
they only have one like one record out and already they're like taking a vacation in Hawaii, like working on a new record. And okay. I'm like Oh, you were shaming them when you were me as the elder, like no, I was just you? like, wait, who does that? Like you, but that's I that just is, heard them yesterday for the first time ever. It's so oh, crazy that you real? even said nah, that. No, Rock Hampton, yeah, I they, they was they was playing a song in a bar, and I thought it was I thought it was a J Rock song. Okay, one of the guys kind of is right. Ryan Pan sounds like Rock Hampton is a they're band, not like Christian rock or they no, okay, it's, it's weird because when I saw dope, them, though. but it's like seven of them niggas, ain't it? Yeah, it's like seven or eight of them. They're, they're black and white. It's, it's like a Benetton ad of of generations. Really? You know, it's an yeah. old reference I just, now. I just, I just, there's no more Benetton ads. <laughs> we, our wow. audience, we get it. I, I get well, it. what's the new Benetton ad? <laughs> Mountain Dew commercial. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's right commercial to the new generation. No, but what's weird is that, what's weird is that, uh, who put me on to them? Mecca from Diggable Planets. Like, her kids love them. So I looked at them and then, like, we got them on the show. But the thing was, uh, because of a, oh, it's weird. His name is Amir too. They kind of had a, a Me Too moment uh, backstage uh, at the show or before. Or not tonight's show at their show. Oh, at their show. Okay, okay. So they had to kick a member out. Okay. And then when they came on our show, it you know I'm expecting these seven rambunctious like flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did the most emo, depressed, like they sat on the floor in, in like a bonfire, <laughs> like with crying millennial tears about like oh, the loss man. of a loved one. And, you know. And that was the jam they did? I used they, No, they didn't do the jam. They decided that they pulled a, they pulled a, and they called an audible and. They did a Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I was like, where the hell is Brockhampton? You know, Jimmy's looking at me like, is this a group you recommend? This is the new oh, one. Like, I'm he, telling you, this. Jimmy hit you with the dash your man. Right, exactly. <laughs> dash your man. Oh man, really? <laughs> That's fucked up, Brockhampton. Was it cool at Don't least? You hate people do that. Yeah, it'll be fucking up my cosign. I want them. Yes, I they. I want them to come back and do what I do the saw hits, them nigga. do. Right, right. Do, do the hits, nigga. Yeah. That's, yes. There you go. Yes. At the end of the day, do fucking this, up my nigga. cosign. Exactly. Yo, Mike, you you see, you more of a music person than you are watching. I mean, of course, you don't watch these. I love music. Well, because music, I'm in. I'm enamored. I, I don't know how it works. With comedy, I know how it works, so it's not that interesting. It's but, the same. But music, I'm like, I'm blown away by that. So what you rocking lately? What you what you listening to? Oh, man. I don't like I, new stuff. It's, they it don't, don't have to be new. I'm just asking what you listening. making music for me Like, what's anymore. your era? And that's like kind of... Are you like... <laughs> oh, man. Mid-90s. Mid-90s. Your Neptune's, Swiss Beats era. That's my era technically, but I like the era right before that. I like the 95, 96. I like, oh, like, you're Illmatic? Uh, you're, yeah, Illmatic. Oh, you're a, you're a monster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah, backpacker. You know what a, even, you know what a gang a star is? Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what a gang star? I love I, a gang Yo, star. this is this is bizarre, yo. Like, I literally, that same bar where I was listening to Brock Hamden the first time, they was playing Guru Jasmataz. Wow. And I was nice. like, Jasmataz? It was an Irish bar called Deacon Brody's, <laughs> and they was playing Guru Jasmataz. Wait, where I was like- In New York? In New York. In, so you in just Hell's randomly Kitchen. go to- What's up with you SNL guys going to random bars? Because nobody cares about nobody you. Cares, in an Irish yeah. bar, no one gives a fuck about who you are. You, you can are be in fine. Peace. I'm telling you, they don't bother you. It's anything collegey or anything young and hip. They, you. you, they, you got to worry about a fucking pub. 
all. They don't. They could care less. They're playing music. They they know who you are, and they're just like, ah, so what? And you're fine. I love it. That's the one aspect of thirty rock folklore that I'm kind. I'm not mad. I missed out on it because I don't want a, a habit or anything. But I'm looking for like. If you do it every day, you can't develop a habit because. But how are they able to like, like, drinking every day? Yeah, how are they able to navigate? Like they're supposed to be like Jim Belushi, you know, messing around with Jane Curtin in the hallway with heroin and oh, you know, yeah. like I'm looking for like the rock stars. Yeah, like that era. That shit can't exist no more. Everyone's oh, at Whole Foods and you know, with yeah, everybody's protein shakes with and a giant salad. Amazon bowl. Prime account. Steve is yeah. like. <laughs> Steve is the you throwing me under the bus again just to end the episode <laughs> in a way that you're gonna feel happy about yourself. Yeah, Steve, I am. I have a question for you. Okay. Um oh, just circling back Damn. to um to weekend update. Okay. I, you mentioned Seth Myers as your ghost, but uh, who who's your all time favorite? Um, Norm. 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 Yes. Norm. I love Norm only because Norm knew it was funny even if the audience did. Yeah. And I I love that freedom that Norm and like he he would tell a joke like straight down the back he wouldn't budge and it would get almost like worse than nothing <laughs> <laughs> and he was but he didn't care like at home watching it it was hysterical that's yeah. another thing that we had to that you have to learn at the show is you're playing the studio and then you're playing the camera as well it cuts through something could kill in the room and nobody at home's laughing like it's a different. It's a it's a weird kind of dynamic that you have to learn how to do. And Norm was kind of the master of it. He knew what was funny, even if the audience. He wouldn't even do uh, dress rehearsals. I mean, he wouldn't do a run through jokes. He wouldn't run through his jokes to let you know like what you he couldn't say. He would just do it for the audience, kind of the way stand ups do. And it was pretty awesome. It's a small suggestion. Um, one of the things about watching the show in the studio. Mm-hmm. Is the volume is so low? Yes, because we're not we're mic'd for the camera. We're not, not mic'd, mic'd yeah. for the crowd, right? Yeah, and it's almost like you're not like hearing your natural voice, but from like a hundred twenty feet away, you don't. And that's the thing. Like some shows that I've seen in person, I'll be like, eh, "It was all right," and then I'll go home and watch it the next night, or yeah, yeah, DVR or whatever. I'm like, yo, that was hilarious. And yeah. I'm realizing that shows, SNL's definitely more hilarious on television than it is in person. Plus, in the audience, yeah. you're sitting really far back, so you can't see your face, your facial and, expressions. And when we can update, sometimes well, your face. Well, they have TV. Well, I didn't know. That. I only went once. I'm sorry. I'm not. I just they, have, they have TVs where you can kind of see a little bit better, but but it is it's true, though, sometimes. Because if, even if you have the monitor, sometimes you're just trying to watch it happen live and you can't really get the effect. Because if I watch the monitor, I might as well be bit. sitting down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you that's know. A good point. The, the whole that's how I feel at a concert sometimes. If you that far away and you all, your eye is always on the monitor, what am I doing here? Yeah, I feel that way about football games. <laughs> that's why I don't like going to football games. I go to the football game and I'm literally right. just looking yes. at the Jumbotron. <laughs> I'm like, well, I could just be comfortable. I don't have to be next to two racists. <laughs> 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 I really don't. I could, be, I could do this at home. No, the the fun, or at least for you, like mm. the fun of SNL is just the experience of, like the first the first episode and the last episode is usually when the benders part happens, like this dress rehearsal at eight thirty to ten thirty, and then yeah. the show is 
eleven thirty to one, and usually the the sad rejects go up to seventeen and get sloshed mm-hmm. uh, okay. till about one thirty, and then the after after parties from one thirty till about three thirty or four. So That's inside. another thing. I love it. Now that the Lonely Island is left, mm-hmm. like there's no one. They came and disrupted the after party system. Whereas they started throwing their own after parties. And mm-hmm. then there was like, oh, the cool kids. Who the Lonely have... Island? Wait, what the? Andy, oh, Samberg. Andy Samberg. Oh, y'all and, call uh, them? Okay. That's okay. their rap group named Lonely Island. Oh, that's, okay. They, you know, like the when Cuban, you see no. like SNL comedy videos. Dick in a Box. Dick in a Box. Dick in a box. Okay. Like they really brought the viral video. They damn near invented it. Because yeah, Lazy Sunday. Lazy Sunday, Sunday was Sunday the first was the viral one. video. So yeah. they invented the viral video. So, but they would have their own cool kids parties versus the the Teamsters and the other people that can't play and read their games. But then when they left, no one was filling that void. Like, you should be... uh, Someone has a party. Shouldn't it just be one party? I feel like you and Pete need to throw your own... Actually, your birthday party was lit. It was fun, yeah. But that was the last. That was the last party. Yeah, we, we yeah we we hung out. But I, I just don't. I don't go. I don't even go to the parties. Look at that. I just don't. That's go. right. You got responsibilities and it's shit. It's not even so much that. Look, you. It's you're so exhausted mm-hmm. after a show, like just mentally exhausted, and then you're around all these mentally exhausted people. I don't want to be around them. <laughs> and not even like at a disc, but just like everybody just wants to talk about the show. It's like you've done this and you've been waiting for so long for this shit to be over, and then now somebody wants to talk they to you about, talk it. about it. And yeah. you're like, nigga, I want to go home and enjoy my Sunday. And I would also, say, so a Sunday is that you really your only day to Sunday chill? is your one day, and I would you would lose your Sunday because yo, when they drink at the after after party, they drink till like eight, nine, ten yeah, in the morning. A triple yeah. after party, yeah. There's like three and then after there's a breakfast, oh, so no. you might come home at one in the like afternoon. The yeah, it's oh, literally. Wow. All so, friggin' so then you Sunday you just sleep the entire day and then next and thing then you next know you're Monday. Monday. So when do you have time for fucking? Well, I mean, everybody's got ten minutes. <laughs> wait, yeah. why would you wait? Oh, wait, that was a great. So <laughs> yeah, like, like, ten minutes, ten minutes, or fifteen minutes if you're Mark Nelson. We're literally ending <laughs> the show on that note. <laughs> Michael J, I thank you very much. For, wait, like, yeah, I hate a, the fact. I was really proud of the fact that I, this was going to be an effect-free show, that Michael was going to be our I first. I wanted to get to the bottom of that because, you know, Michael Che no, is a woke black man, that's a, and he's single, and it. we got to get to the bottom uh, of things. Excuse me, oh, yeah. Mike. Hey, one second. Nothing off I am, and so are you. You're into that, right? Yeah, that was right. the problem in the first place. Yeah, right? right? Michael, I okay. thank you very much <laughs> for uh, coming to our show. On man, this is so much fun. Thank you. Man, thank you, man. And good Good luck on your future endeavors. And can you just say I love black women? I'm just joking. I love black women. There we go. I'm just. Oh, Why wouldn't listen, I love black women? Listen, I just wanted this. Right. This is like we're talking to. Yeah. Anyway, on behalf of Sugar Steve, <laughs> your face. <Yeah. laughs> hey, Bill, I'm very sorry. Other uh, other Bill was up. He's oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll see y'all on the next go round. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 